your Calgary Flames only play here. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Through 60 minutes and beyond the Flames talk. Post-game show starts now. Live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. Following a 3-1 victory over the San Jose Sharks to wrap up the season here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. We uh, get things started on this Wednesday night. We've got lots to break down on a Wednesday. Okay, let's get our uh, post-game coverage underway and head immediately to the Flames locker room right now following a season-ending 3-1 win over the San Jose Sharks. Flames talk post-game kicks off by San hello to Jacob Pelche outside of the Flames locker room right now. Jacob, uh, that, was a, that was a fun way. I know that's not the way the team wanted to end the season by not going to the playoffs, but that had to be a fun way to finish off the regular season with a home ice victory tonight. Yeah, I mean, of course, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, the boys kind of show up today and, you know, uh, the uh, main goal was to win that, uh, the uh, game and uh, that's what we, uh, we did here. You know, this morning, Jacob, you uh, when you were asked about Dustin Wolf, you said, "Yeah, you know what? He's he's a goalie," uh, and uh, and we knew what you meant by that. But how cool was it to uh, see your uh, AHL teammate the last couple of years, and now your NHL teammate make his debut? How cool was it to see Dustin get into a game tonight? Yeah, he earned it, and uh, you know, for the past two years, I think he's been. Uh, uh, the uh, glue for for our A team, and uh, it's it's nice uh, to kind of share uh, that experience with with him. And what about seeing Matt and uh, seeing Coronado make his NHL debut? How how nervous was he before the game? Uh, I think he was not that uh, nervous. You know, I think when you're you're around for uh, for probably three weeks uh, and you 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 kind of practice with the boys and stuff, I think it's uh, it's not that n- nervous. But uh, you know, I mean, he he played good tonight. Uh, it's it's nice for me to, to play with uh, with a guy uh, like like that. And uh, yeah. Did uh, did you get the sense that Dustin was nervous at all, or was he pretty calm as well? Uh, I think he was pretty calm, uh, and uh, I think you can uh, you you uh, can see you know since uh, uh, the first period, I think the first like three or four shots, he was uh, calm and uh, it's great. How about seeing Big Z with the <laughs> three straight goals and getting the hat trick? Yeah, I mean it's great. Uh, you know the the second shot, it was a, a perfect shot, so it's good it's good for uh, for for Big Z, yeah. Final thought for you, Jacob. Uh, your first uh, your first NHL season comes to an end, and now you head back to the Wranglers, and you've got an opportunity to win a championship in the American Hockey League. How excited are you to continue your season here? Yeah, I mean it's nice, uh, you know, ex- especially to play here in in front of Flame fans. I think it's 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 going to be uh, awesome, and uh, yeah, I mean I'm I'm excited. I think we can uh, clinch the first seed tonight or uh, Friday so uh, I think we 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 have to focus on that and uh, we'll see what's going to happen. Jacob awesome stuff and uh, thanks so much for doing this today good luck in the Calder Cup playoffs hey. Thank you appreciate it have a good one. You as well Jacob Pelche post game following tonight's 3-1 win over San Jose. 
Our Flames Talk post-game show continues. It's uh, coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation for all things basement-y. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. It's Pat Steinberg, Peter Labardius, Derek Wills around the table, and now Associate Coach Kirk Muller with us here in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge as well. Uh, Kirk, uh, not, not the way you wanted it to go with the Game 82 not having having any meaning in the standings, but still a fun way to wrap up the year. What uh, would you like about your group in this one tonight? Well, you know, it's not an easy game, let's be honest, to play, you know, in the circumstances, but the guys, you know, finished on, uh, you know, in a professional way and got the win. And, you know, it was fun seeing the young kids out there, uh, you know, a highlight for them. And, uh, you know, they played well. So it was, uh, it was fun to see. And, of course, Z's going to, Spread the word about his hat trick, uh, <laughs> as we all know. So, a uh, big, uh, big game for him uh, to finish out the season. Kirk, <laughs> I'm sure every time you go through this as a coach, it probably takes you back a little bit to breaking into the NHL. It'd be hard, I would think, not to. How would you assess, understanding that these aren't necessarily the nights to assess, but what do you think of Coronado? Well, is uh, you know we saw him in practice for since he arrived, you know, as far as you know looking at it, but you guys see him in games, and you know what his instincts. I thought were uh, one thing, you know, he was on the puck and he was making plays, and you know other than his first shift of the game where he looked a little nervous and he had a chance to shoot, and uh, he knew it right away, and he's got a great shot. But, uh, you know, he found the areas that get open. He made plays, and, uh, you know, you can't teach that. So the, I, what I really liked about him was uh, the hockey instincts that I saw on offensive mind. Kirk, you go from fighting for your playoff lives on Monday to playing in a game that means something but not as much as you wanted it to mean tonight. Uh, how difficult is it to, to make that transition as a coach or a player? Well, it is because, you know what, I mean – you know, you can say all the right things and, uh, you know, be professional about it and be prepared and, you know, and uh, be a pro and finish off the right way. But our game is built a lot on emotion, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know, it's you, you play to win. You play to be in the playoffs. And when that gets taken away and you're, you got a game that, you know, doesn't mean anything that way, you got to, you know, find a way to go out and play and get your job done and do it the right way. So, but you know what? The fans were great tonight. You know, it was yeah. a great crowd. They were uh, energetic, and I think that helped a lot as far as our guys. You, know, you step out and you go to play, and you go, "Well, okay, let's let's uh, let's put on a good show for them for the finale." Kirk Muller's with us, Flames associate coach, following Game 82, a 3-1 victory for the Flames over the San Jose Sharks here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. And got to ask you about the other guy who made his debut as well, Dustin Wolf, and what you saw from him and uh, how things he picks up the win in his uh, <laughs> NHL debut, which is pretty cool. Yeah, well, you know what, getting scored on right, you know early is not an easy way to start for your first <laughs> game, but uh, he's got confidence, you know, and you need it, you know. Uh, for a goaltender of the NHL, and it didn't seem to phase him at all after that. You know, it was, you know, uh, you know uh, I, I thought his confidence is, was there. Uh, he, he looked sharp. Uh, and what, what he's impressive about him is he really uh, manages the game well as a goalie. You know, he knows when to move the puck, when to freeze it and all that. So he's in tune with it all, and uh, that's, a, that's a really uh, good first game for him. Kirk, um, I have to ask before you go, and it's always a pleasure to have a chance to deal with all you guys throughout the course of the year. Um, Can you properly sum up why things didn't quite go the way you would have all liked? Are there even one or two things 
with all your experience and going through it that maybe just never happened? Well, I think right from the start of the season, right through, if you look at it, you know, we didn't have like a major meltdown in terms of a bunch of losses in a row or we didn't, we didn't accumulate a lot of wins in a row. It was a, it was a grind rate from each month from the start of the season. Uh, you know, and that's, that's a hard way to get, get through the, the schedule, you know, and, and when you look at those games, a lot of them are one goal games. So uh, there's a lot of things to dissect in different areas and all that, but you know, you're, you're basically, you know, every game that we played in, we didn't have like a two, three goal lead in, in the comfort zone and all that. So that's a lot of uh, mental uh, push on the guys game in and game out. And it's a grind for 82 games when, you, when you're playing and you're in all those one, to, one goal games. Um, we just didn't find a way to, to be on, the, on top uh, in those games rather than be at, you know, one, one goal short. And let's be honest, that's, that's, a, that's a big difference of points right there. Kirk, I know for the ownership group and the management group and the coaching staff and, and the players, the autopsy on this season will start tomorrow. But even though there were some negatives, too many negatives to get to the playoffs, there were a lot of positives as well. So I'll give you the stage. If you want to talk about some of the players who helped you guys win as many games as you did and uh, maybe really impressed you in 82 regular season games this season. Well, I think when you deal with the guys game in and game out and every day of practice and, and uh, <clears throat> the, it's a close group, you know, and, and uh, I think what, what happens is there's different heroes each night with this group this year. You know, it's kind of spread uh, throughout where, you know, let's say last year was, we know that, you know, it was particular certain guys that, uh, you know, were the difference in gains for most nights. Uh, so collectively uh i think there's a group there that uh, wants to play for each other they they they're going through a lot they're ups and downs over a couple of years that they and that's what all the teams you got to go through the good and the bad to to uh the the move forward and get to the next level you know and uh and i think what they're going through and they'll they'll understand that the these unfortunate times right now uh will make them better next year because of how close it brings them well, and uh, I'll, I'll let you finish off, and, and we really do, as Lou said, appreciate all the time all year. Uh, but just give us a thought. How, uh, how, how much swagger did Big Z have coming oh. off the natural hat-trick, Kirk? Yeah, yeah no, he's already <laughs> told us. I think he wrote up on the board. <laughs> did he send yeah. out his own press release? Or? He's, uh, <laughs> he, he said if we were playing tomorrow night, he'd probably get another one. <laughs> Stunning. He might, he might not get another one the rest of his career. <laughs> that was his first multi-goal game or three-point game of his career, yes. believe it or not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate the Thanks. time all year. Well, likewise, Thanks, guys. You guys okay, be well. So. Have a great summer. Have okay. a great summer, Kirk. Right. Thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. Kirk Muller, Flames Associate Coach, joining us here in uh, the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge following a 3-1 win over the San Jose Sharks. It was actually a pretty cool way to wrap up the year. Guys, it's the sixth defenseman in franchise history to record a hat trick. First one in more than five years. Dougie Hamilton was the last defenseman to record a hat trick. He did that. We were all covering the game in February of 2018. Uh, the other names, you uh, go Al McKinnis, Dana Merzen, Paul Reinhardt, and uh, BG's member Barry Gibbs. Those are your uh, six defensemen uh, who have recorded hat tricks uh, in the Flames history. Uh, uh, some in Atlanta, some in California. I'm not sure that I would have thought Dana Merzen was on that list. Well, so I, 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 I knew that only because of my research on this date in Flames yeah. history. I was like, I think Dana Merzen's got one of them. 
Well, I mean, in some ways, I could only shake my head when he scored the third one because nothing has made a great deal of sense about a lot of things that have happened here, and that didn't <laughs> either. A hundred years from now, people are going to say the same thing about Nikita Zadorov that you just said about Dana Mers and didn't think he'd be on the list. <laughs> but well, there he is, and and what a year he had! I new mean, career high in goals, and he ca- well, he's been setting that for like three months. Career high, Pat. Yeah. He doubled his previous career yeah. high. He had fourteen seven. goals, and again uh, another visit to Nikita's world tonight because the guy, much like the team, has had some really high highs and some really low lows this season. I thought he looked like a top four defenseman prior to the break, and then came back and didn't look like a top four defenseman, but. What a night for him tonight, uh, for him to score all three goals in a 3-1 come-from-behind victory over the Sharks in Game 82. Just another fitting storyline for this uh, crazy flame season. It was pretty neat to see yeah. for him. Yeah, and I'm happy for him. He's a great guy. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's a to... great character. Yeah, yeah. He's and into... there aren't many of those left anywhere in sports. He's turned into a really, really good, I like that, good character. And a great interview, too. Good interview, tells it like it is. Mm -hmm. You know when he's upset, and he'll tell tell you when he's upset about the the way things are going. And, you know, I I know that the the play dipped in the the second half of the season after the All-Star break, but he was a huge part of of this team in the first half of the season, and I still think there's uh, a lot there to even be um, built on from Nikita going forward. He's the number one star in this game after scoring all three Calgary goals. And guys, our marquee matchup brought to you by Country Hills Toyota was the debuts. Uh, Both Matt Coronado, who finishes with four shots and six attempts in his NHL debut, and Dustin Wolf, who makes 23 stops for the win in his NHL debut. Both those guys debuted tonight, Derek, and uh, both impressed in Game 82. They uh, They looked both quite solid in their first NHL game. Yeah, and we'll see where it goes from here, guys. I mean, Matt Coronado is 20. So, yeah, he's a little bit older than uh, a lot of first-round picks coming out of junior who do that as 18- or 19-year-olds, but you know, he's not uh, a guy who got to his junior season, se- senior season at Harvard, so not as experienced as some college players coming out, but he's got uh, a skill set that the Flames have been looking for for a long time. Um a player with top six potential, I'll put it at that, and a right shot, right winger who can score goals. That's what he is, and that's who the Flames are hoping he will be at the NHL level. I would be surprised if he started next season with the Flames. I think there's probably a better chance he will start with the Wranglers, certainly uh, if Daryl Sutter is back behind the bench. Now, I could be wrong. You know, most people thought Matthew Kachuk was going to go back to junior as an 18-year-old, and he made the team out of training camp, and now he's turned into one of the best players in the league. So um, maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I thought Matt Coronado was really good tonight. Uh, As you mentioned, Pat, four shots, six attempts. I thought he had three, maybe even four quality scoring opportunities and did some good things with the puck and without the puck. And obviously there's a lot to learn. He's only been with the team for a couple of weeks, but they've got something in Matt Coronado and they've really got something in Dustin Wolf. And only time will tell if he can take what he's done at the junior level and at the AHL level and become that guy at the NHL level. We don't know how this story is going to end, but all he's done throughout his whole career is prove people wrong. You know, named uh, the WHL's top goaltender in 2020 and 2021. 
CHL's goaltender of the year in 2020, the AHL's best goaltender last season, and next Wednesday when the league announces this season award, he will win it again. I would bet the farm if I had a farm on that. And he might even become the first goaltender to win uh, AHL MVP since Flames goaltending coach Jason LaBarbera did it for the Hartford Wolfpack back in 2004. So it's been a while. And, yeah, he gave up a, a goal relatively early in the game. I wouldn't even hang it on him, though, because, uh, yeah, he gave up a rebound, and uh, the puck got through him, but I didn't think the the shooter was played particularly well uh, in Noah Gregor. So maybe partly his fault, but definitely not all his fault. But he shut the door on the Sharks after that. So all in all, I think a really impressive debut for both Coronado and Wolf. I don't disagree, Pat. And as we talked about tonight on the pregame show, no matter what happened tonight, I wasn't going to get too high and I wasn't going to get too low. Because I think, really, Coronado, what impressed me the most is he looked very similar to the same guy I watched in the summer in the World Junior. Same attributes, around the puck, made things happen. He has a very interesting skating style, kind of runs at it a little bit. But he's around it, and he was around it all the time. And I saw, I did not see someone tonight who looked overwhelmed by the moment. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that a lot. So, yes, I like that. And Dustin was just Dustin. I've seen that in lots of games this year here, too, where maybe you give up one, and then he just says, that's enough. And he didn't have a lot of work to do. So the most impressive thing for me, guys, about his effort that's not an easy way to play. You're used to generally, I mean, I don't know exactly what the Wranglers average in terms of amount of shots, but in all the games I've gone to this year, there weren't many nights outside of, I can think of one game in particular against San Diego where the Gulls were absolutely awful. But most of the time, he wasn't going five and seven and eight minutes he had two shots in the second period that's not an easy way to play no and it's very different and it's a night where you're feeling it and you're putting extra pressure on yourself so good for him good for both guys yeah and when you're playing in your first nhl game and your parents mike and michelle are in the building and you've got almost twenty thousand fans watching you in person and uh, thousands more on television or listening on the radio you're going to be nervous. I don't care how mentally strong you are. I don't care how confident you are. You're going to be nervous. And I think the longer you go without touching the puck, the more time you have to think about those types of things and the more nervous you could become. But I thought he settled into the game really well. And when he was busy, he handled that well. And when he wasn't busy, he handled that well, which uh, isn't always easy for uh, a young goaltender, especially a guy who hasn't yet turned 22. So, uh, job really well done, and I can't wait to watch Dustin Wolf in the Calder Cup playoffs. This guy's got the chops to take the Calgary Wranglers a long way, and you can go a long way if you get a hot goaltender, and he's been hot for two seasons in the AHL, so why would he stop now? Let's get to tonight's save of the game. Speaking of Dustin Wolf, it's brought to you by Shane Holmes in his NHL debut. He makes his save of the game in period at number three. Schmidt gets it back for the Sharks. Shovels it into the near corner where Lindholm will pick it up. He can't clear it out. His stick's being held by Peterson here. And now Couture's going to take over in the far corner. He leaves it behind the net for Hurdle. He centers Couture with a one-timer. Great glove save by Wolf. 
Dustin Wolf, that is one of his 23 stops in his NHL debut, and that's his save of the game, brought to you by Shane Holmes for every save a Flames goaltender makes. Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. Uh, we'll hear from Dustin a little bit later on in our Flames Talk post-game show. We'll also hear from Matt Coronado and uh, your hat-trick man, Nikita Zadorov from the Flames locker room. Stay tuned for head coach Daryl Sutter coming up very shortly as well. It's your Flames Talk post game on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts with Derek Wills and Peter Labardius. My name is Pat Steinberg. Uh, phone lines are open. They're already jammed at 403-240-4444. Text lines starting to flood in as well at 960-960. Let's select tonight's Player with Heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. Lou, which way are you going? The two kids. It takes a lot of heart and determination, and there are very few people who start playing this game that ever get anywhere near close to the determination, heart, effort, commitment, and talent to play even one single night in the NHL. And they both acquitted themselves well enough. That was the focus for me going in. Yep. And I think they both deserve that particular nod. Matt Coronado, Dustin Wolf, Players with Heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic for HeartFit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office. Visit HeartFit. .ca. Boys, another season, 82 in the books, plus uh, some more preseason. Unfortunately, no postseason addition for us this year and uh, no Flames playoff hockey in 2023. We'll see if they can get back to the postseason in 2024. So uh, one, of those, uh, one of those nights where our final thoughts are our final thoughts for the season. Um, I'll just say, because I, I go on for some time after you boys check out, so uh, pleasure as always. Dual salutes to you two for uh, doing it for 82 games and uh, here or in our uh, cozy little spot that we do up uh, downtown on the second floor. Uh, was a pleasure all year long, boys. Uh, final thoughts on the game, final thoughts on the season from our broadcast crew, starting with Peter Labar. Well, and I echo those salutes because it is long and it's taxing and it's trying. Um, and I'm going to be quick. This has been a season that I am glad is coming to an end. And the Calgary Flames, to me right now, are at a spot that, it's kind of like having a nice Cadillac, maybe from Wolf. It needs to go into the shop to be realigned. And they are going to go through a process where when it comes out of that shop, everybody who's been a part of it needs to own their part of it. And there's going to be some hard decisions. And frankly... What I care about the most is I have great respect and admiration for a lot of people in this organization. And it's going to be really hard for a while. And not everybody's going to be okay when it's said and done. But if this group and this organization wants to do better, they need to make hard decisions. They need to empower the right people. And they better be more aligned in 23-24 than they were this season. Well, I understand where you're coming from. I, uh, I'm i not happy the season's coming to an end, only because I love calling Flames games so much. Uh, 
but it has been a tough season. It's been a tough season for the team on the ice, and it's been a tough season for the team and for others off the ice. Um, so I, I certainly understand where you're coming from, and I'm going to miss calling Flames games for the next five months or so, uh, and I hope that next season will be better and will be longer and we're not having uh, these end-of-season thoughts at the end of the regular season. Instead, uh, after the first, second, third, or fourth round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I do think it's going to be a really interesting offseason. I do think that there are going to be a lot of difficult conversations had between now and next September, probably sooner rather than later, starting with Murray Edwards and the ownership group, who once again this season uh, gave John Bean and the front office staff and Brad Treleving and the management group all the resources they need to put a competitive team on the ice. They spent to the cap again. Uh, that's what they did as far as the hockey side of things is concerned, and uh, they're always giving back to the community as well. I have a lot of respect for Brad Treleving and the work that he's done in his nine seasons as the general manager here and the work that he did last summer when he got painted into a corner by the decisions made by Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk. Uh, I really thought that he put a team together that uh, could compete not during the regular season but during the postseason, uh, more so than they have in quite some time. And for whatever reason, it, it didn't work out. It was a roller coaster ride. They were the Jekyll and Hyde Flames. You just never knew what to expect from them. But that doesn't mean that he hasn't put together a good group of players here. And, you know, to the coaching staff led by Daryl Sutter, but especially to associate coach Kirk Muller and assistant coaches Ryan Huska, Kale McLean, and Jason LaBarbera, one of those guys joined us post-game following every single game and gave us their time and shared their wisdom with us and their thoughts with us. And I know you guys really appreciate that as well because – it's an opportunity for us to learn and for our listeners to learn. So really appreciate those guys. Appreciate the PR staff led by Peter Hanlon, who did everything they could home and away to help us do our jobs. And uh, thanks to you guys and everybody at Sportsnet 960, Logan Gordon, who uh, did a great job this year, Matt Rose, when you weren't here. Uh, as far as the Flames are concerned, uh, there's some work to do, but I still think that the core group of players that Brad Treleving has put together is one that can have success in this league. There will be changes. There's no doubt about that. And the offseason, I didn't think it get, could get much more interesting than 2022. It might be different, but it might be just as interesting in 2023. And we'll have to wait and see what decisions they decide to make. Uh, and for the players who aren't coming back, uh, tip of the cap and a thank you to them uh, and to all the guys for all they did for us this year. And thank you to our sponsors and to our listeners. Uh, we couldn't do this without you. We wouldn't do this without you. So... Uh, looking forward to the start of 23-24. It's going to be a long five months between now and then. But uh, I want everybody to have a fun and safe summer, and uh, we'll see you again in the fall. All right, boys. Be well. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, and, uh, Patty. Don't stay up too late tonight, Pat. See you Friday, hey? It's when the uh, What's your cutoff time will, tonight? Uh, whenever it ends. Well, I'm going to listen to the whole show, or I'm going to try to. We'll go, we'll go as late as it goes. Okay, I better have some uh, coffee then. Good night. Uh, Friday, Good night. locker cleanup boy, uh, cleanout day for the boys, and uh, we'll be back here at the Dome for that. We'll have all kinds of coverage for you on Sportsnet 960. The fan, thanks to Lou, thanks to Derek for uh, hanging out on our Flames Talk post game after every game all year long. Great stuff from the boys. Uh, right now, let's hear from head coach Daryl Sutter post game following tonight's 3-1 win over the San Jose Sharks to wrap up an 82-game season. What do you think about 39 Kurnow's debut tonight, Daryl? I think he's got lots upside, that young man. He's got really good hands, which is 
good shooter, which is something that not everybody has that, right? Well, it's good to see, and he's lots of spunk in his game. It was a good, good first outing for that kid. Did you see his play in the puck? Like, how, how did you think of that? Oh, it was fine. I mean, I'm sure it was a little hectic for him in the first period, but I thought he was... He busts his ass the whole time. What do you think of uh, Dustin Wolf? I think he's really settles your team down. I think he just plays the game. What do you think that ends your season on? Well, it's, you know what? It's awesome to win, right? Because you want to win at home for your, for the fans and for the for the older players. You know, it was part of the mindset tonight. Was was. Uh, you know, there were seven or eight guys that played all 81, wanted to make sure that they played if they wanted. And there was two or three older guys that was their call, and there was, and I wanted to make sure you had room for the, those kids to get in there. Nikita Zadorov getting a hat trick on your bingo card. Russian Rocket saved it for the last game. Should have done it in October. <laughs> Going back to Coronado, you mentioned those qualities that you saw. Is that something that this team's lacked this season? For sure. Just, yeah, I mean, quite honest, we, we did a lot of good things this year. But at the end of the day, we didn't get enough points at home here. Very simple. You know, if you look, I think what do we have 48 in the road and 45 at home. 48 in the road is enough. If you double it, that's 96. That's a playoff spot. So you're short. So what you're lacking is a little bit of that finish. And, and uh, keeping up in the division. Bringing in those two young guys gave your group some energy. For sure. For sure, yep. yep. I think the players were excited about it too. Guys, just knowing that no team is composed 100% the same the next season. Yeah, that's the way it works every year, though. <laughs> I mean, the unrestricted guys are the unrestricted guys, and you know what? They know how I feel about them. It's so you know what? That's business, and so I always tell them if there's a way, I'd have them all back every year. <laughs> Do you allow yourself, Daryl, at the end of his season to kind of take it all in? Maybe not sure what's ahead. Do you do you kind of allow yourself to take in the final moments? No, not yet. I'm not. I don't do that. That's a real selfish way of looking at it. I I think I've always been like that. I was a, as a player and a manager and a coach. My first priority is always the players and their families, and then and the next part. Dustin gets the win tonight. Matt Coronado gets lots of scoring chances. How, in terms of their future development, how important is it for those? Guys, to leave that first one feeling good about the way it went and, and go into the whatever comes next yeah, yeah, on I that. Note. I said that about Maddie, right? It's, it was good for him to to be here and good for him to get that game, and then it gives him something to you know, it gives him a read on it. And I think with Dustin, I think he's still got lots of hockey left this year, and so it's I think it was really good for him. On Wes, is there how important do you think it was for Matt to have a couple weeks? With the team before jumping into a game, for sure, very important. You know, it's no different than a kid playing first as a 16-year-old junior. You think about stepping in here, and and it's really, I think it's been really good for him too. Just to, you know, since the uh, since he came here, no, seeing the team in the stretch, 
in a you know in a playoff push and uh, just to see that right an experience and use it to his advantage going forward for sure there you go head coach Daryl Sutter post game following his team season ending 3-1 win over the San Jose Sharks Calgary finishes their year 38 27 and 17 and they now head into the offseason which of course will have plenty of time to dissect over the next number of weeks and months heck over the next number of minutes and hours on our Flames Talk post game show where the phone lines are open at 403-240-4444 the text lines open at 960-960 your phone calls and texts Coming up around the corner, our Flames Talk post game is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. For all things basementy, visit dlbasementsystems.com. Your phone calls, your texts, and more looks inside the Flames locker room around the corner. Flames win 3-1 over San Jose. This is Alpine Credits Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Flames Talk post-game show continues from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, Calgary. Okay, Flames wrap up their season with a Game 82 victory over the San Jose Sharks. 3-1, your final score here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Lots of text to get to at 960-960. Phone lines are jammed at 403-240-4444. My name is Pat Steinberg as we continue along from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. Before we get to the texts and the phone calls, and there'll be lots of them tonight. We'll go nice and late if we have to again. Uh, but let's uh, hear from your number one star. How about Nikita Zadorov, just the sixth defenseman in franchise history to score three goals. He goes the natural hat-trick route by scoring three straight, the game tire, the game winner, and then the insurance goal. Pretty neat night for Nikita Zadorov. Let's hear from him post-game inside the Flames locker room. Daryl called you the Russian rocket. Have you heard that one before? No, I mean... I feel like that was a Pavel Burez yeah. last night. Yeah. The nickname, yeah. I'm yeah. far away from that. He <laughs> <laughs> scored maybe 65 couple of years in a row, yeah. It looked like you almost laughed when the third one went in, eh? I blacked out. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, yeah. I was, the, the Razi told me on the base, just go for it. So I went first time, I hit the D-man, and then second time, I just closed my eyes, kind of. Feel where the net was, got a lucky bounce. It was nice fade, six iron there, so <laughs> it worked. Someone before the season tells you, hey, you're going to score a hat trick, how would you react? Yeah, I would bet on it. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you got a hat trick? I don't think I, uh, I might have had one in London, I'm not sure. I don't remember. It was, yeah, probably nothing. Never in the pro. I had a couple, uh, two goals in the HL, but never had like hat trick. So definitely special for sure. Are you keeping the pucks, or where are they going? Yeah, I think they're gonna keep the one puck. I think last one. That's what I'm, they're gonna the frame it for us. They're doing a good job here all the time framing all the like the big uh, numbers. So yeah. Would, after a season as heavy and this last push over the last month, how how much different was tonight in terms of just you know basically turning the page and looking ahead? Yeah, I mean it's 
definitely was hard to find emotions to play that game for sure. I mean, it's normal. Like we missed the playoffs last game. It sucks. It wasn't what we were expecting. Definitely disappointing season for our group, you know. So I think last game was kind of like get it done. No matter what, for our fans, for the city of Calgary, you know they've been great all the time. You gotta respect them. It was sold out. They were cheering today. They were singing songs. So it's nice to see all this. So I think definitely guys played with the hearts for the fans for sure. What's your plan for those young kids too? Yeah, I mean it's fun. Uh, I mean when those guys came in, we were joking today and yesterday. Like it was just uh, lots of like fresh energy. You know, Wolfie is a great kid. Maddie was here for few games already like everybody was waiting for him to get on line you guys were waiting Twitter Twitter <laughs> people were waiting so I feel like I feel like he did it I mean he played really good today Wolfie played real outstanding too I think we're, it's definitely a bright future for sure what do you think of his uh, jump at the end of his warm-up who's that's Wolf. Dustin Wolf. Jump? Yeah. yeah. He does like a little... I don't think I see it he's pretty superstitious yeah like I heard <laughs> from HL yeah I mean the goalies are weird, so <laughs> you got to give it to them. Yeah. Uh, during the, the goal review, what did you say to him there uh, as the review? Well, I just I saw the, the guy kind of grab the puck with his hand, so he, he said, he told me there's no goal. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Was <laughs> <laughs> it some inspirational speech? No, 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 he was just, yeah, there's no way it's goal, so okay. we were like, fine. Yeah. Okay, okay. Could you go into more detail about what made Dustin Wolf so good in your estimation tonight? Well, I mean... Let's don't go that far, you know, he played only one in NHL. Of course. Right? Like, he of had course. a great, definitely great numbers in NHL. We have uh, two great goalies in here, and I think they play outstanding. You know, Marky is, like, one of the best goal in the world. Lighty is like, the Raising Star as well. So I think it's this organization probably going to make some decisions. There's three goalies who can play all the time, so I think uh, it's huge. Um, I mean, it's always nice to... Have a goalie like that. It's uh, for the D men especially. Like when you have so much trust, when, who you have behind you, it's it's always great. So would you say he was a calming presence tonight? Yeah, I mean, you guys expected it. Everybody expected it. We expected it, right? It was too much hype. You guys hyped him, hyped him up pretty well. So. Hey. <laughs> Does it seem different? He's, he's a different stature, obviously. Then. Yeah, he's small. He's super small, right? There's not many small goalies like this. I think she's Turkin and Saros. One of them. Saros is one of the best goalies. She's Turkin as well. So. I think definitely he has to. He plays with a different style than Markin Vladi. You know, they big. They have to cover. They don't have to cover that much net. This guy plays with the fire, so a little bit different style. So it's definitely kind of throws you off. And he's more old school. He's standing up all the time. He's kind of like into it. It's it's fun to see. You know, like, like I had a, when I was in Colorado. I had Patrick Roy. He was practicing with us because he had to play the outdoor game against Detroit, so he was taking it super serious. So you remember, like, Patty, like, always on his ball feet and everything. So, I mean, it's just different style for sure. Do you do you allow yourself in the last uh, game of a season to kind of reflect and take it all in? Summers are always kind of a little bit up in the air, but do you, do you allow yourself to take it in for a moment and not knowing what lies ahead? Or? I mean, you, you just got to enjoy the moment. I feel like you like we, we're playing this game because we love it. Not for money, not like you. You like this competition. You not like the fire and you have your eyes out every game. You know, just like everything's going on, the lifestyle around NHL and everything. So I think just the like you just enjoy playing hockey. That's what my mindset was, and I think all the guys in the room is for sure. Nikita Zadorov.
just the sixth defenseman in Flames history to score three goals in one game. Natural hat trick, and uh, he scores all of them for the Flames in a 3-1 win over the San Jose Sharks. As we are well underway on our Flames Talk postgame show, great stuff from Nikita there. We'll hear from Dustin Wolf and Matt Coronado in a little bit as well, but let's uh, jump in on the text line. It's open at 960-960. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. It's Steinberg with you on your Flames Talk postgame. Let's uh, start here. Uh, Patty, I'm a lifelong Habs fan, and I'm content with the rebuild and the direction that uh, Hughes and Gorton are taking the Canadians. I'm in Edmonton, love your show, and have become a bit of a Flames fan too. A disappointing season. I really think Muller should be head coach, maybe move Sutter to the GM chair. I don't believe Treliving will be back. Coronado should be a regular and Pelche too. I feel, feel Wolf is still a, a year away from a regular spot in the NHL. Thanks for your entertaining, informative, and sometimes chaotic post-game shows. I'm always here for all of those things, especially the chaotic side. Uh, thank you very much. Appreciate that. You know, Coronado is going to be interesting. Um, going to be a big training camp for him. You know, a good, good first game. I thought he was very noticeable in game number one. Let's see how that carries over into his first ever NHL training camp in September. Wolf is going to be interesting, kind of the same thing, and I think Pelche will be a regular next year. Um, this says, uh, I think they can flip Vladar for some assets cap relief for next season and have a 55-60% uh, Markstrom and 45-35% Wolf and get him in exactly how Nashville did with Saros and Rene. I just... I, I, I wouldn't go down that road yet. The the, the kind of thing that I threw out on Flames Talk this afternoon, on, on Wednesday afternoon, you've got your farm team in Calgary. I think that you can have your two goalies, Markstrom and Vladar, for next year and still be able to get Dustin Wolf 9-10 to 10 NHL games based on how the schedule works. And you can get him some games... Um, here on home ice, it's not like you're having to shuttle a guy in from another city. You've got a, a, a unique opportunity next year because your AHL team and NHL team reside in the same city so that you can find some different holes in the schedule and get maybe Dustin Wolf into nine or ten games. Or you can take him on a road trip here or there. And that's not even counting in injuries and things like that. So I, I think you've got an opportunity to do that. And then you can start to see for meaningful games in the middle of a season, eight or nine or ten games or whatever it might be, then you can see maybe a little bit more where Wolf is in his progression, and then you can go down the road of thinking about, okay, if, if this guy is, is clearly ready, and for the next season he's ready to be a backup and, and take 35% of the workload, well, that's awesome. Then you can think about moving your goaltenders or making room for them like that. But I, I just I think you've got an opportunity to slow play this, still be deliberate with your slow play, but also not just keep them in the American League. So, yeah, that um, that's how I do it. I wouldn't, personally, I would not be trading away one of my goalies this offseason to make room. I'd need to see a little bit more NHL body of work before I did that, and I think that the suggestion that I just threw out there is a way that you can do that and then 
start to get yourself a little bit more of a body of work. Um, but that's just me. That, uh, this one from Stafford and Bone S. The writing was on the wall by December of this year, and one has to wonder what this team would have looked like if the overbearing and stifling structure imposed by Sutter, imposed by Sutter was tampered down. Uh, I, for one, feel that Shillington's no-show, Johnny Hockey's bailout, and Chucky's demanded departure can all be attributed to a coach um, that made playing the game unbearable. Don't get me wrong, Sutter's a good coach, for riding a ship on a short-term basis, but over the long haul, he brings the team down, especially the young talent that has hopes of making and having an impact on the team for the future. With reports that Huberdeau and Kadri will demand trades if Sutter is back, it's clear where the problem originates. Keeping him on another year will only exacerbate the problem that uh, revealed themselves this season, plain and simple. Sutter has to go. That comes from Stafford and Boness. Um, well, first of all, Shillington had nothing to do with Sutter. You know, Shillington's situation was a personal life thing um, that, that was pretty messed up, and so that had nothing to do with, with anything Sutter or anything else hockey-wise, flames-wise. Um, as for the other stuff, I don't think Johnny Gaudreau's bailout had anything to do with Daryl. I think there's a good chance that Matthew Kachuk's decision to not re-sign here did have something to do with Daryl, but I don't think Johnny Gaudreau's did. Um and the other stuff, well, there's some really interesting decisions to be made. I don't think it's out of the question that that's, that could happen, and I think it's something that it's one of many things that is going to go into the autopsy or the examination of what went wrong this season. Um this from John in uh, Chiniki First Nation. Pat, I hope they make some changes this offseason. Markstrom's not their guy. Was a fan of the Huberdo trade, but clearly he's garbage this year. Wish they signed Kachuk to a long-term deal instead of the bridge deal. He would have still been aflame. This from Sam. Uh, Pat, congrats to the Big Z, Wolf, and Coronado tonight in a season of utter disappointment, full countless anomalies. I look forward to next season. Yes, I strongly feel there needs to be a definitive direction for this team. I believe this team does need some surgery in the offseason, starting with management and some of the player personnel. I want to thank you, Pat, for being incredibly patient and doing a phenomenal job. I've listened to you for years and rarely have missed a show. Well, I appreciate that, Sam, and uh, really appreciate you being a part of the uh, Flames Talk postgame family throughout the year. You've been great on our text line all year long. Um, this says uh, from uh, Lex and Gleeson, who gets the game puck, Zadorov or Wolf? Well, what about Coronado? Maybe not Coronado. He didn't score. Uh, I'm very curious as to who gets the game puck. Well, you, you usually get the three pucks for your first hat trick, so maybe Z Wolf gets a game puck and Zadorov will get the three and he can pose with those. That's probably what will happen. Um, or as as, as Derek, Derek says, cut him in half. Uh, Franny in Winston Heights says, Pat, Flames need a leader to put this team on their back. Ryan O'Reilly is that free agent. Many teams will not be able to sign him this offseason given their window and cap constraints, but this team can if they trade Hannafin, Uyghur, and Markstrom. They should also sign Calgarian and free agent Matt Dumba on the back end. It's a lot of... Uh, I, why would you be trading Uyghur would be my first question. He was, He's the one guy I, I would think that would be really strange. You know, Hannafin's interesting. Markstrom, I think, will be difficult. Um, but anyway, that's, that's from Franny. This from Will. 
If I were GM this summer, and I'm hoping Tree signs an extension, my two biggest priorities would be to maximize the Huberdeau investment and increase team speed. I'd be curious to be a fly on the wall for exit meetings, but I'd have to think he's not overly happy. If Murray's willing to move on from the dollars owed to Sutter, which is much less than the remaining dollars owned to Huberdeau, a guy like Andrew Burnett deserves a full-time head coaching position. It could be an opportunity to ignite number 10's play and give him some confidence going into the season. To address team speed, I'd target a player like Duclair, given the familiarity with Huberdeau and scoring touch. Willie Nylander might be an interesting play for next season given his UFA status at the end of the uh, of, of next season, assuming the Leafs will try to fit Matthews' next deal under the cap. I wouldn't mind seeing Backlund going the other way, and Dubas, if still there, seems to like X-Flames. That comes from Will. I think you'd have to, no offense to, to backs, but I think you'd have to be giving up a whole lot more than that to bring in a guy like William Nylander. Uh, this from Charles and Sundry. Uh, Pat, nice choices for the three stars. That was both charming and intelligent. Oh, why, thank you. Oh, you. Um, and I hope the team can look back fondly on this game and remember that playing hockey's fun. Tonight, tonight was really fun to listen to. I've sensed for nearly a month the Flames would not make the playoffs. Everything around the stretch run was just too grim. I'm a concert pianist, and I perform some big, serious, sober, difficult pieces. But I know from experience that playing the piano always has to be fun, no matter what difficulties need to be conquered. Grim is just grim, and frankly, nobody wants to hear that. And I can't perform well if there's not an inner confidence and joy that I can master even the most difficult works. Surely it's the same with playing hockey. If it's not fun, how can it work? The game has to be played, not struggled against. An interesting point, Charles, because you're bang on. It was not a very fun year at all for this group. Fun was not had on a very regular basis from about the first 10 games on when it comes to this team. And I do think that that can um, look, there's a lot of things that happened this year. It was dysfunctional. Um, there were, you know, I think there were some uh, fractions, fractures rather, uh, fractions, maybe they're doing math, but there were some fractures in the uh, in the dressing room. There was definite headbutting with the coach. There's no doubt about it. And I don't think that that breeds a very positive environment. And when it's not fun and it's negative, that can manifest itself very, very noticeably on the ice and I think that we saw some of that this year, no doubt about it. Alex says, even though that was a meaningful, a meaningless game with nothing on the line, I was really impressed by Wolf. He seems calm, cool, and collected in the crease and has that calming presence. The thing that impressed me the most is how good he is at playing the puck. In hindsight, and I know I'm cherry-picking, but what if they brought in Wolf for a couple of weeks and gave him a 5-6 to six or 10-game run around January and February? I think this team would have made the playoffs. I'm sure Wolf could have provided a better save percentage than 850 in that span. It was really good to see Coronado. His motor kind of reminds me of yarn croaks. His feet are always moving. Seems that there may be a bright future for both him and Pelche and something for us Flames fans to look forward to. I'm on the same page as you. I think Markstrom will have a bounce back season next year, but uh, how long of a runway do you give Markstrom if he doesn't have a good start to the season? Shorter than this year, I'll say that, that much. I, I would say that if it does not get off to a great start, I think Markstrom's my one to start next year. But if it's not showing signs that it's a 9-10, 9-15 guy, then yeah, I think you've got a guy like Dan Vladar that you can start to roll in. And, and as I said a little earlier, um, you've got a guy in Dustin Wolf that is here in Calgary that I think that you can use as a little bit more of an option next year as well. And, and I'm, I'm, I'd be curious to see how that plays out. 
Uh, this says, overall, Pat, was a terrible season, but seeing Dewar, Pelche, Phillips, Coronado, and Wolf, it gives me hope for the future. Uh, Doug in the Yukon says, great show as always. What's next for the Flames? Not sure there is much they can do as they're so tight to the cap already and uh, still have to fit in Shillington, maybe Dewar and Stone into the lineup and still maybe find some cash to fill some holes on defense. I think a trade of some salary has to happen. Maybe Markstrom goes to Toronto with the cheaper duo of Ladar and Wolf taking over in the crease. Do we see Uyghur going to Ottawa? Is it time to cut bait on Pricey Manjapani? I don't I don't understand the Uyghur stuff. Uyghur was so good for him in the second half of the season. He would be the last guy I would be thinking about trading. Um, I, I don't, I'm not really, Manjapani I'd still be keeping around. Like I, I I don't know if you need to be making those types of moves. Um, Shillington, by the way, you do not need to fit in on next year's cap. He was on the cap for them all year long. They never LTIR'd him, so Shillington's money was on the salary cap all year long. Um, but you no, know, Uyghur's the one that's really interesting. He is not the guy that I would be pointing to and suggesting that uh, they need to trade away. Uh, okay, this reads from Will and BC. I was impressed with Wolf tonight. That goal was nerves, I promise you. The rebound, I mean, but he settled in well and had a very good game. But really, I just want to thank you for a fun year. Uh, thank you very much, Will. I appreciate it. There's more nice things there, but I don't want to read all the nice things because that sounds like I'm being an egomaniac. But I appreciate it, Will. I really do. Uh, any of the kind things that I may not read, I, I really do appreciate them. Um... This from Matt Patton Company. Today is a major last day of summer camp vibe. The sense of melancholy, but I wanted to thank you all for a great broadcasting season. Appreciate it. Um... This from Jack in Calgary. It was good to see Wolf and Coronado have a really good showing. Thought they both played amazing. Loved to see Zadorov get his first hat trick. Thought he definitely deserved it. Looking forward to next season and how the group will perform and bounce back from this year. Uh, also, thank you for keeping me entertained through all the ups and downs this season. You are welcome, Jack. And last text for this round of texts is from Ash. Thanks again for hosting another great season of the postgame show. It wouldn't surprise me if we've seen Backlund, Lindholm, and Hannafin play their final games as Flames today. As for Wolf, his demeanor and goalie stance reminded me of Habi Bulin at times. Odd comparison, I know. That's actually not a bad one, actually. Just the um, unorthodoxish and uh, smaller build uh, when it comes to his stance in between the pipe. I don't, pipes, I don't mind that, Ash. Uh, great stuff on the text line so far at 960-960. Let's get to the phone lines for the first time at 403-240-4444. Flames Talk post games underway on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon on or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Pat Steinberg, and uh, Wedley is kicking us off after a 3-1 season-ending win for the Flames. What's up, Wed? Oh, hey, buddy. How's it going? I'm good, man. I'm sorry that the dream finally ended up being over. Oh, yeah. I was ready to make a fool of myself on your show tonight and sing the song, and I wanted to thank you for humoring me since March with that. I know you read the text for me, and I appreciate that. Um, I did get quite a, what's it called? I guess I'm a bad fan for supporting my team in the bad times because people were just giving it to me. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. I'd rather be a guy that goes down swinging and believes in his team rather than, you know, but everyone's entitled to their opinion, but all good. But yep. one, sorry, I'm out of breath. <laughs> sorry. I just ran to the phone because I didn't expect to come on, but, um, one of these years, I'm going to call you on this last show, and we will hopefully be celebrating a second cup. That is my goal and wish. So, <laughs> I, you know, especially you, you've been at this for so long, and 
I said it before, I could not do your job, man. <laughs> I, I don't have your patience. Like some of the, I remember last year, people were going on and on how Markstrom shutouts weren't, they weren't giving him credit for it. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> but anyways, that's last year. But um, it's unfortunate this year. Um, I didn't buy into their, they were going to be Stanley Cup contenders, but I thought they'd definitely be in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. just a, this will go down as one of the strangest years starting from, uh, I will. I still can't believe. I, I I was listening to you guys and John and you guys, everybody, even the Friedman. Them Johnny's coming back. From that moment, he didn't come back. Everything that's happened since then, I don't need to rehash. Everything everybody knows. It's. I'm definitely not going to forget this year. <laughs> like, I, I I'm talking it up as one of those years. I'm hope. I I still have faith they'll bounce back next year. There will be changes. I'm. I don't know uh, with Sutter and the shelf life. He's a great coach. I, I don't subscribe to this nonsense. Yeah, whatever. He put Richie in last year. That's not why we missed the playoffs. The last shootout. Um, there, there was a whole series of things, but if he's back, I really hope he does make some adjust. Like, I know he's not going to change his ways and styles, but I'm hoping he'll adapt a little bit. Maybe he'll, I don't know if it's the pressure, like that guy can handle pressure. I don't know if it's winning the Jack Adams. Or if you look at his history in San Jose and L.A., he seems to change for some reason from what was working. And I, I don't know what it is, and but, you know, I'm not going to sit here and call him a bad coach. He, has he made bad decisions? Yes. But he's not a bad coach. He'll definitely be in the Hall of Fame. I don't – do you see both him and Tree coming back, or do you think it's going to be one or the other? Or like, I, I don't If I were If I were back. a betting man – Yeah. I would say it's one or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's just the vibe I'm getting too. Because we're not going to see major player changes. They're up. They're already up against. They need cap space. So like, if I read that correctly, they have less than a million already for next year. And I think they're going to have to move. Like, like if it were, if I were the GM, I'd be talking to those RFAs. I know we still have two years, but a guy like Hannafin, I love the guy, but does he want to stay here? Like, I, I'm not just saying because he's American, but. I don't know. Uh, to me, he well, seems Hannafin's like Hannafin's up after next year. Lindholm's up after next yeah. year. Backlund, Tanev, Toffoli—they got some names that are up after next year. So and you, and you, you know, some you, of them. If if Toffoli were to walk, for instance, or or um, if Tanev were to walk without um, w- with without them trading them away, I think it's different. Yeah. Lindholm and Hannafin at their ages, I think you either want to re-sign them or trade them. You know, it's yeah, different in my uh, opinion based exactly. on ages. So I think you, you got to do some real research and and if it's mm-hmm. even if you don't get a straight answer, like if you go to Lindholm and you start contract negotiations, which I firmly believe they should as soon as yeah. they're eligible, um and if you get the sense that they're just too far apart or you don't, you're not getting the sense that it's it's something that is is um really desirable for that camp well, then I yeah. think you got to make the trade, and you got to be okay with that. Well, I was talking to my buddy. Like it's almost like starting like a minor rebuild. Like you're not doing a full rebuild because your three core guys are signed, and and sorry, people, they're not getting traded. No, <laughs> their their contracts haven't start. Well, one of them has, but so even if you did like a minor, like you go to those those guys like Hannafin and Lindholm, and if it's not going well, I say you move them this year, and if you take one step back, you know well, that's what I'm saying. Have, like you. Yeah. It, this summer, if you're not getting the vibe that you know one of those guys is going to resign, I think you have to be yeah. okay with moving them. And if you're not going to move them this summer, you have got to be 
steadfast that you're okay yeah. with moving him in season regardless of what the record looks like as you get closer to the trade deadline. 100% agree. I was a little shocked. Uh, I think it was Ryan Leslie that said Backlund and Rick. I'd never heard that anywhere, so I, I don't know what that was about. I, I well, I believe – I, I believe what what Les said was yeah there was uh, some rumblings yeah. that uh, Backlund had requested a trade during the off season. My understanding is that uh, there had been somewhat of a I'm trying to think of the right way of putting it. The last two off seasons, I think there had been um, hey I'd be okay with going in a different direction type things. Um, I think there was a, a trade request maybe on the table this past mm. summer that was rescinded. I think the summer before, uh, after mm. the bubble season, it was more of a, you know, I'd be okay if you wanted to, you know, explore that. Um, and last season, I think the, the, the trade request uh, was in. And then yeah. as the direction of the team changed, that changed. So I, I think that's what we're talking about on, on both fronts. So you but think I'll it's more he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild or it's more he just wanted to change of scenery well yeah. i'll say this he's yeah. also not been a hundred percent committal to you know getting to a thousand games with the flames it's been a lot of well if it happens or you know what i'm saying like yeah. so i just i think that i think you need to find out this summer whether or not backland wants to resign here i think you need to find out whether lindholm wants to resign here yeah so yeah i don't think i don't think backland is like actively wanting out but i think is yeah. the mess was unfolding throughout the summer there was a, okay yeah. um, you know I'd, I'd be and i think that there's kind of like a okay i'd be uh if you can get me a change of scenery that'd be good um okay I but then oh, I but see. then as things yeah. started to get figured out and all of a sudden the team looked a little bit better then yeah. then, then i think that, that request was rescinded yeah Okay, fair enough. Uh, one more quick thing. And, I'll and again, and, and, and I just want to clarify the other thing. The summer before, it was kind of, uh, hey, you know, I, if, if you wanted to kind of the, like Robin Regeer didn't request a trade. It was, yeah. if you're okay, like I'd, I'd be okay going in a different direction if you want to explore that. And I think that's what was on the table after the 56-game okay. season. So, I, I, that, I, I, you know, my understanding, that's what we're talking about in those cases. Well, fair enough. It was just shocking to me. I just figured, you know. We don't know every the whole story, everything, but that makes more sense. I explained it. I just always figured he'd be a career Calgary Flame guy, but maybe that won't happen now. But I guess we'll see. Well, it could. It still could. Yeah, yeah. Depending how things go and what happens this summer. Um, as for Dustin Wolf, I am happy for that guy. Um, I remember getting to arguments. With, I don't know if it was this preseason or last. Pre I can't remember which preseason he played. He gave up a couple of goals, and people were already saying he's. It, it's a wasted pick. I'm like, come on, guys. It's a seventh-round pick. It's preseason. Who cares, you know? So I hope he keeps proving people wrong. The Me too. Thing, it's whatever. a cool story. Yeah, it's a great story. You st I still remember the draft. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. He was in tears, if I'm right. I, I believe like he was just happy to get drafted because I think he, he was going to go through the draft. Uh, if I if I have that story wrong, let me know. That might, sure I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say you're wrong, but I also don't yeah. want to confirm that because that much I'm. I'm not a hundred percent sure on. You could be a hundred percent right though. Um, yeah. But I do know that he was the last guy that was yeah. in the building that was drafted that year because I remember being there in Vancouver and this yeah. massive scream um, coming up uh, from the stands. You're like, whoa, that this this yeah. young man's here. And funny yeah. enough, he was. Yeah, no, exactly. And I remember, I can't remember if you guys had him on that day or the next day. He was just so grateful and, you know, 
just wanting to just prove people wrong. And, and if you got the will, anything is possible. It doesn't matter the height. You, Mike Vernon is the reason why I'm a Flames fan, and he wasn't exactly a giant. So, you know, you, you got the will, you got the desire, you stop the puck. Who cares if you're 5'10 or 6'3? Just, you know, and I, I'm so happy for him. Even after that first goal, I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, man. And then the second one went in. I'm like, oh, thank God that didn't count. But keep at it, Dustin Wolf. But I 100% subscribe what you said. The dude's not even 22 yet. Like, a lot of the people clamoring for him now, they'll be the same ones that will run him out of town if he doesn't pan out. So slow things down. Sprinkle him in. I'm, I'm with you. Don't, don't just give him a job next year. Sprinkle him in. There is no rush. And especially if they're going to run it back one more year, run it back with the two guys you have and sprinkle them in. There's, a, you know, our farm team's here. If there's like three games and four nights, put them in one of those games, right? Uh, that's the way I would do it too. I know people, I don't buy this over. He's only been in two full seasons. That's nothing in the AHL. Yeah. You know, there's no rush. The guy's young. We got to wrap up here, what? Yeah. Oh, sorry, man. Yeah, I'll let you get to other calls. It's all good. It's all good. Just wanted to. Just I just wanted to say quickly, thank you again for another season. Every year, I'm like, I'm glad you're back, and uh, I consider you your friend. But keep up the great work. It's unfortunate things didn't work out this year, and I'm going to say, don't dream it's over for next year. So uh, that's fine. I'm a big boy. People can keep giving it to me, but uh, I appreciate everything you do, man. And have a good night, and don't stay up too late. So, you're good, man, Wedley. Good stuff, my friend. Yeah. Thank you, pal. Take care. Talk to you soon. Let's uh, continue right along. Flames talk post game following a three one loss to three one win rather over the San Jose Sharks here at the Scotia Bank Saddle Dome to wrap up the year. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on Flames Talk. Four zero three two four zero forty four forty four is your phone number. George up next. What's up, George? Not much, Patty. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. Good to hear, my friend. It was real nice to see Wolf and Coronado play tonight, and to a lesser extent Peltier, but uh, obviously the two debutants, if you will. Um, I really think we have something in both, especially Wolf. Um, I said this twice before. Uh, once with Tyler Parsons, I really thought he was going to be like the next, uh, you know, good Flames goalie, and obviously it didn't pan out. And before him, it was John Gillies. But I'm going to say it again, and this is, I think, like third time's a charm. I and I'm not saying that just because it's tonight. I just his whole body of work from junior to the AHO. I really, really have a strong belief that Dustin Wolf is going to have a solid NHL career. And uh, I, I really, really hope I'm right for a lot of reasons. But I am a huge, huge fan of this, both as a human being and as a goaltender. Like, I'm a huge fan of this kid. And I think he has everything that it takes to be an, uh, down the road a number one goalie in the NHL. All right. Yeah, and... uh I'll fire off some questions for you, Patty, here. Um, what do you think is more likely? Do you think it's more likely that Free Living will be returning to the Flames organization next season or Sutter will be returning? Um, I I don't know. Uh, I will say Sutter just because he's under contract. I honestly don't have a read on it, though. Yeah. I, I think we can all agree it's pretty much – I don't. I personally don't see any way that they, these two both coexist in the same organization. I just don't. So it's going to be the only thing I'll, I'll, I'll only caveat to that is if, if they decide to keep Sutter, um, I, I hope and pray that they put, don't make this guy the GM. Cause if he does, I'm going to have to find something else to watch. Cause I can't, I can't relive that again as him as a general manager. I know that, you know, I believe like others have said, I believe he's a good coach. 
he made bad decisions this year. Absolutely, he was absolutely one of the, part of the problem uh, of of this unmitigated disaster of a year. But the guy's a Hall of Fame coach, and I think he's a good coach. And when you look back at the coaching history of this team, Patty, like we've had something like I think 19 head coaches in the last I don't know what is it, 35, 40 years. It's basically the, the the average lifespan of a coach in this city is two years. Yes. So you know what I mean? Like when you when you put it that way. It can't always be the coaches. Have we had bad coaches with this team? For sure we have. But there have been a few guys who, you know, let's be honest, the players got them fired. In fact, the players are the reason they hired Sutter in the first place. Okay? They're, they're the reason because there was a country club at, attitude back then, and now everybody wants this guy gone again because he's too hard on them. Well, you pick one or the other. You know, you can't have both. Anyway, um, what do you think the other than the – other than the GM and the coach situation, what do you think the biggest change to this team will be in the off season? My guess, like my guess is probably that. Like, I, I don't know if there are a ton of, and I'm not saying there won't be, but I don't know if there's any obvious change. I mean, you know, Milan Lucic probably doesn't resign and, and um, stuff like that, but I don't know if there's any obvious ones that happen personnel-wise. And that's not to say they won't, and it's not to say that they won't try to, to you know, ch- shuffle things up a little bit, but they're a little, they're a little less flexible when it comes to their rosters. So, I, I do think the bigger stuff is going to be coach, general manager, that type of stuff. Yeah. It's like like you guys have all said it. A lot of people have said it. I thought it would be impossible to match uh, what what last offseason brought, and this could very well do it, albeit in a different way. But this is going to be a very interesting offseason, Patty. I'm uh, – I'm very curious to see how this plays out, and I and I hope somehow it plays out in a way that will better this franchise. But um, I'm not going to hold my breath because it's it's a weird time to be a fan of this team right now, especially if you're a fan of this team for your whole life. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm going to close with uh, I just you know I want to thank uh, all the producers. First of all, Azam, uh, he he killed it all year this year, and that's that's just a really really cool guy. And everybody else, uh, awesome job. You know, I want to thank all the regulars, Robert, Evan, Wedley, Jose, Travis, Parsons, anybody I'm missing. I I apologize. Uh, too many to name. But uh, you guys, you know, you're the life's blood of this show, and it's it's been awesome to hear everybody's calls this year. Um, to Mr. Lubardi and Mr. Wills, pros amongst pros, man, really, especially having to call road games in a board, year, board room this year. Like, unbelievable. I could go on forever about the Wiltos gentlemen. They both know exactly how I feel about them. We're truly, truly lucky as Flames fans to have those two, um, you know, calling those games. We we got it really good with those two, Patty. And then, you know, last but not least, of course, you, my friend. Um, I don't know what to say at this point about you, my man. Seriously, like, you continue to excel. You continue to get better every year. You're entertaining, whether it's during the hockey games, whether it's during Flames talk on, 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 the, on a daily basis, on the radio. doesn't matter who you have working with you, whether it's Vickers, whether it's Gilbertson whether it's Ryan Pike, I honestly, man, not blowing smoke up your ass, but it's just, this has been the case for years and years and years, even before I started calling the show. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed watching you grow as a person and at your job. And uh, it's been such a cool journey to follow it. And I, you know, it's, I, uh, you're, you're a big reason why I even do this. So I, I want to thank you personally. 
And it's always a tremendous pleasure to talk Flames with you, even if we disagree on things. Just know that it's it's an awesome, awesome time when I talk to you, and I really enjoy talking Flames talk with you, my friend. So I hope you have a good uh, summer. I will continue to listen and uh, hear you guys dissect the season. And uh, I look forward to hopefully doing this again with you next year, my, my man. Awesome stuff, man. Appreciate uh, appreciate the uh, appreciate the stuff. Uh, appreciate the kind words, George. So does everybody else. And uh, always appreciate you having on the being on the show, my friend. You uh, have yourself a wonderful summer. Thank you, pal. Thank you, pal. Take care. Thanks, George. Uh, let's continue right along. Three-one Flames win. <clears throat> Calgary over San Jose here to wrap up the regular season. A frustrating regular season, but it ends on a positive note and some fun stuff to wrap things up. As we say hello to Andrew up next on the Flames Talk phone lines. What's up, Andrew? How you doing, Pat? Good, man. I was gonna say nice things about you, but I think your head's gonna be too big to get a studio, so I'm gonna hold off on it. And it's a small room in here, man. So yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my thing is uh, the first 81 games this season were miserable. Like they were just tough to get through. And I'm not—I've watched every Flames game since Joe McGinley in 2001. So that was his first 50-goal season. And then he went to the uh, this this. I think the 82nd game of this season was the most important game for this franchise since Goudreau and Kachuk left. And I say that because how miserable it was even two days ago. And now that you have something to hang your hat on, even if they're not going to be great, Wolf, um, Coronado, even Pelche, that gave us a huge boost tonight. I don't know how you feel about that. I, it might be crazy, but I think this is the most important game since Kachuk and Gaudreau left. Well, I mean, from a uh, from an excitement standpoint or from a um, – even from a, a hope standpoint, I, I can see that. And I mean, look, it's only there's only been 82 games since the uh, since those guys have left, and there's been some frustrating years this year. So yeah, I, I, I can see that. It's only been 82. It felt like it's been 482, yeah. but this, yeah. this season felt like it was yeah. 482. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, um, like I was the most pessimistic. I feel like I'm on the moon or zero gravity. I I turned my cup upside down, half full. And now it's still, and now I'm half, like I'm now I'm full. Like tonight, it just changed everything for me. Um, the disposition of Zadorov scoring the, the the hat trick, I that was amazing. But like the, the young kids, we have something to hang our hat on or something to look forward to now. Um, I, I just think it was a big change for me. Well, that's good. I'm glad. Yeah, and also Wolf. Uh, I don't. I don't know how. Like the you said, he plays nine games. Like I'm not for if Sutter's back. That's not happening. Wolf, yeah, I, I, and I do Wolf. think I do think that 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 could change the the conversation a little bit um, in that regard. Um, and and but you know, depending on who the general manager is next year. You know, maybe there's a, a little bit more of a, and I'm not saying that Brad didn't push back or anything like that, but maybe even mm-hmm. organizationally there's more of a, hey, we need to do certain things for the good of development and all that type of stuff. And and so so maybe, maybe there can be, even if Daryl is back next year, maybe there can be a little bit more emphasis put on those types of things. And, and so it isn't as what felt like at times acrimonious in, in, in things like that. Completely agree. And, um, like, I've went from, like, it was Huberto, Kadri kind of team, right, to, like, I know how outrageous this is, but 
um, I'm not thinking of them as, as the future anymore. I know they have outrageous contracts and it's going to be a nightmare to deal with, but I, for me, it's more like Coronado now. It's more Pelche. It's more Wolf. Like, like those guys are almost supplementary, which is terrifying, but, but, um, and, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to rain on any parades, but you know, we don't even know if, if Coronado is going to be a full-time NHL or next year. And that's not a Daryl Sutter thing. That's a, is no, he going to, he looked great in this game, but is he going to have the type of training camp where he's clearly ready to be a full-time NHL or, um, you no. know, so there's, there's also those things that need to be figured out too. And if he doesn't, like for me anyway, no big deal. that's okay. No big deal. Yeah, yeah exactly. No big deal. But at least, uh, at least I'm going into this training camp thinking, oh, maybe there's a chance of this guy coming or this guy coming instead of right. the the apathetic feeling that I had prior to this guy. I, I, like the last since Chicago, I've been apathetically like watching the games, like almost like a baseball game on or a curling match on, like in the background. And tonight I was very invested. It was all, it was it was like watching number thirteen. I was watching 39, you know, like instead of watching the game, I was focused on right. when 39 came on the ice. I'm like, oh, what's he doing? And that was a big change for me the whole season. I, I don't know. Like, uh, it was just, it was, it was really refreshing to watch tonight. <clears throat> yeah, I can feel that. Anyway, Pat, I just want to, I don't want to take up any more time because I know there's other people, but uh, I really appreciate everything you do. If there's one thing the Flames can be proud of, this year is not much, but it's uh, you and Wills and Mr. Encyclopedia there. Um, yeah. The job you guys have done. Uh, you guys have been incredible. Uh, I hope you guys keep it up and can't wait to talk to you guys next year. Have a good summer, man. I appreciate it, Andrew. Be well, hey? Take care, buddy. Thanks, man. Let's continue along on our Flames Talk post-game show. 403-240-4444 is your phone number as the Flames take a 3-1 win over San Jose to wrap up this season. Next up is Robert. What's up, Robert? Uh, hey Pat, how you doing, buddy? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Well, I'm gonna start with uh, start with a couple things. Uh, I mean, obviously, season was uh, extremely disappointing. I think uh, there was uh, certainly higher expectations. I don't know if those higher expectations were Stanley Cup contenders, or but I'm sure I'm sure those uh, expectations were playoffs at the very least. But that didn't happen. I guess that's. Uh, I guess that's neither here nor there at this point, but um, I guess I'd say, you know, honestly, I don't see on well, and I, I said this to you probably a few times this year. I don't, I don't see there being any, any considerable changes besides maybe, maybe Sutter get let, uh, maybe Sutter gets let go. But beyond that, I don't, I don't see anything major just simply because this team doesn't have a lot of cap space. Um, I believe guys like I believe Markstrom next year will uh, be back to his uh, his old self. I believe they do have to uh, give him a chance to at least do that and uh, just see where it goes. Yeah, and and I think I am. There's a decent chance that that we do see that um, next season and. You know, for Calgary's sake, that that would be a huge thing for them, no doubt about it. If they could have Markstrom back to that level and and being more of a number one like goaltender again, it would be absolutely massive for them next year. Yeah, on uh, you know, I mean, 
I agree with, I think it was one of the, you were talking with uh, one of the previous callers there saying that, you know, like maybe guys like to fully backland and some of those guys that maybe if, uh, maybe if we're, if we're not, if those guys, if those guys aren't, aren't looking like they're going to, they're going to resign, then maybe next year you do, you do have to consider regardless of where the team is trading them just to at least ensure that you get something for them and that they don't walk away. Uh, for nothing but I mean I, I guess uh, I mean I guess what I would say is I mean I could, uh, I mean I would uh, I mean like I would like to think that you know like if the team uh, if the team comes back next year and we see uh, significant improvements I, w- I would like to think some of those guys would decide to resign now that's just me I mean obviously if if we're if we're sitting if we're sitting here like halfway through next season and you know uh the conversation's the same or it's similar i mean i think uh, for sure you, you the, i think the gm whether it's uh, a tree or whomever uh definitely has to look at uh acquiring some uh, uh assets for those guys well and i just think it's important to at the very least have an idea as to where that's going this summer and if you don't make the final decision this summer okay fair enough but at the very least have an idea as to you know what your plan of attack is going to be and so we'll see but I think that's really important for this group because I don't think that you can put yourself in a situation like you did with Johnny Gaudreau uh, a couple you know going into last off season. I think you need to avoid that at all costs if you can yeah for sure um so you gotta uh, a couple more for you here. Um, obviously, guys and guys the guys that I would say for sure you're not going to look at trading Uyghur. Obviously, at the at at the, he's a he for me. He's a honestly I thought Uyghur was uh, for the most part this year. He he was one of the uh, uh, bright spots. I thought uh, on the back end. I mean, especially in the second I, half of the season, he really really started to come into his own. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I mean, like, uh, so yeah, I mean, like, I, I wouldn't even, not even, I'm not even considering moving him. To me, that's, to me, that's not even an option. Um, same with, I mean, Huberto and Kadri, whether or not, I, I, I mean, whether or not the the issues in their play were directly linked to Sutter, I don't know that we'll ever find that out. So, I think, uh, obviously, I think uh, I've said this before. You, I mean. Still got to. Uh, I mean, we got to give these guys a chance in uh, a year or two to see what see what they can do now that they've had a full year under their belt, new team, new city, and you know uh, all that other jazz. So, um, I just uh, I believe that uh, I think this team next year will will be a lot better. Um, we'll have to see where it goes. And uh, as for uh, uh, Dustin Wolf and Coronado and Sidorov tonight with the hat trick, obviously. Uh, uh, I thought those uh, uh, those were uh, a really nice stories. Good uh, uh, good way to end the season on a positive note. Uh, with Wolf, for me, I mean, next year you don't uh, you certainly you, you, I mean you certainly don't just uh, throw him to the fire so to speak next year because I mean you can't say well you know he came in and played one game and he won so therefore you know he's he he's suddenly ready next year. I mean you got to give him. I agree. I think at least at least one more year you give him. Continue, continue doing what he's doing uh, down there with the uh, uh, the Wranglers, and yeah, I mean, I think 
Wolf to me in 2024, 2025. Maybe he's ready to be a backup. And you know what? Maybe he shows at some point next season that he is ready then. And if that's the case, that's awesome. I just don't think that you need to necessarily prematurely move one of your goaltenders this offseason. I think that you I don't think you need to do that quite yet. No, yeah, no, for sure. Definitely not. Um as, as for some of the guys this year that are UFAs, I believe Lucic and Lewis and Stone uh are among them. And I think uh I think Stetcher's another one. Personally I would personally I would I would like to see Lewis back and Stetcher, even though I didn't didn't watch a ton of the games he was in, I thought, thought Stetcher seemed okay uh, for the most part since we got him. So, I mean, Lucic, obviously, I don't think, I don't, I don't see him coming back. I mean, I mean, stranger things have happened, but to me, I don't see, I don't see him re-signing. I don't even know if the Flames are even are even considering uh, re-signing him now for a guy like Lewis. Just I like, I've a uh, you know, uh, I watched him when he played for Sutter when he played in L.A. And uh, Lewis, to me, he's always uh, he's always been one of those guys who just he he goes out there and he uh, he plays the game the right way for the most part. You don't really notice him for making glaring mistakes, which is uh, obviously uh, which is obviously a good thing. So, I mean, among among some of the the guys that are, are UFAs for me, I will I want to see Lewis and and I certainly I certainly want to see Stone come back too. They're just going to be, and I appreciate the call, Robert, as always, man. You have yourself a great night. They're going to be a little limited in terms of who they can bring back because they already have $81.5 million committed to their salary cap for next year with Huberto's money kicking in, with Uyghur's money kicking in, with Kadri's money on the books, um, Vladar's money will kick in. They've got a lot of money that's already committed to next year, so re-signings are, are going to be difficult in some spots. They might just... And I know there's been a lot of talk about this. There's a lot of talk about, well, give young players a chance. Give young players the opportunity. Just by necessity, they might be in that situation next year from a cap standpoint. They might need guys on entry-level deals to be playing higher up the depth chart and playing more NHL minutes because of where their cap situation sits. Uh, 403-240-4444. It's our season-ending Flames Talk postgame here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. My name is Pat Steinberg. As we say hello to Mike. What's going on, Mike? Uh, not too much, Pat. I hope you're doing well. I'm enjoying the show so far, and thanks for having me on. Of course. Yeah. Still there, Mike? And Mike dropped off. Uh, full lines are open still, 403-240-4444. You can give us a call uh, if you want to chat some Flames hockey following their season-ending 3-1 win over the San Jose Sharks. Uh, I think I see Mike calling back, so I'll just give him a second to get back on the line, and then we'll uh, bring him back in because you, know, you wait on hold for a long time, and then you drop off. I don't want to make it so you got to go all the way to the back of the queue. Uh, so we do have Mike back. Um, you waited on hold for all that time time and then you hung your phone up uh yeah. what's going on Can continue right back to where you were as you were sorry i accidentally leaned on my mute button uh you can hear me all right now though hey eh? yep got you yeah yeah so, so I, i'm glad i'm finally on and uh you know that last caller sort of segued into the point that i 
sort of wanted to open up with. But before I get to that, I just wanted to first of all say just how excited and how proud I am to see Dustin Wolf, uh, somebody who, you know, not a lot of people can say they were actually at his first professional hockey game, but I was, I think, one of maybe four media people in the empty saddle dome. And trust me, I mean, that was a weird experience. I know you experienced it a little bit with the empty, uh, the sound coming in, the pumped-in crowd noise. And he had just a terribly unlucky debut. Uh, He let in, I think, five goals on 11 shots. And four of them were deflections. And it was just, he got mercy pulled halfway through the first period, I think. And so just to see him coming all this way, uh, he's a great kid. and, And you know what? I think the biggest thing that sticks out to me with Dustin Wolf, whenever I watch him, is just how efficient he is. Um, like you see a young, uh, a small goaltender, and you expect him to be super athletic in the crease, and you expect him to to wow you with with all kinds of crazy saves. And Wolf, I mean, he can do that. But the thing that he does so well is he's just he's always in position, and he ends up, you know, you saw it all the time tonight. He was just yeah. making saves that you know might have been difficult for even goaltenders three inches four inches taller he made them look so easy because he's just capable of getting over so quickly because of how athletic he is and so yeah i mean the numbers that he's put up are are, are hard to wrap your head around i mean the 932 save percentage it, it just bears repeating because of how much better he is than everybody else at his level um and i understand the, the notion of preaching patience um, the, the thing that sort of gets at me, and, and we, you talked a lot about uh, clearing cap space and the ways that you can do that, and I know I understand they just signed Dan Vladar to that extension. Um, but the thing with Dan Vladar is, you know, he's a guy who's, who's at this point become relatively established and he's on the way up, and, and he's not a guy who you can easily justify sending down. And I'm honestly, like, wondering, because you, you talk about ways to clear space, and, and that's the point that I wanted to make off the top is, to me, I mean, it's funny that he scores a hat trick tonight. Nikita Zadorov is the first guy I move, um, and it's and, and it's nothing a uh, slight against the player. It's just it's not every day you have the opportunity to maybe sell high on a guy who's a year away from unrestricted free agency, who's twenty seven, twenty eight, plays both sides on the fence, is a, a pillar back there, but is also you know a bottom pairing guy who's just coming off a year where he scored fourteen goals. Um, that's just something that's probably tantalizing to other GMs. Uh, and, you know, th- that's another thing that I think you can maybe extend to Vladar in that you maybe don't open up a spot for Wolf right away, but you can also maybe give Vladar an opportunity somewhere else and then maybe bring in, I don't know, a different backup, like a guy who's maybe costs a million dollars and a guy who maybe you don't feel, you know, if, if he falters and Wolf is obviously better right away, you don't feel so bad about demoting him to the AHL or having to waive him. That's a place where I think you can create some flexibility. Um, and it's not a, it's not a matter of wanting to dump Ladar or anything who I think has been, you know, serviceable. I don't think he's the up and comer that some people think he is, but I do think he is an NHL goaltender, but it's just a matter of you're looking for these ways to become more efficient. And I think having eight and a half million dollars tied up in goaltenders, uh, just a little bit much. Um, and, of course, Zadorov is a guy who, you know, you, you like to have around, but for $3.75 million on your bottom pairing, that's another way where maybe you trade him well, and you I extend think, Stetcher at one point five. Go ahead. I, I think that you can, at the very least, I mean, I think you need to know a little bit more about what's happening with Shillington. Um, yeah, no kidding. I think that is a that that is a, a number one thing is finding what out 
what Oliver's status is going to look like. When you have a better idea of that, you know, if Oliver comes back, well, then, yeah, if you can sell high and, and get a good return on a guy like Zadorov, I think there's reason to, at the very least, explore that. Um, on the Vladar front, I'm just not there with you yet. I, I just mm-hmm. – I, I don't think that now is the time to – and I love – I think Dustin Wolf is going to be a, a great prospect. And I really uh, – I don't think limiting him makes any sense. I also don't think pushing him into a spot where he's being relied on for something that he's never done before makes a ton of sense either. And I also think if you want to be competitive next year, you want to have that safety net. And and I think that that safety net is having both Vladar and – and Markstrom on the on the team next year, so that that's that's me, and and maybe they look at it completely different. But I I wouldn't be going down that road. I would not be deliberately um, making room for Dustin Wolf on the roster next year. Now that's not to say that that wouldn't happen at some point next year. I just wouldn't start the season that way. I think it'd be too big of a risk. I really do. And and I think the when, and it's not just a risk that that Wolf wouldn't be ready. It's just Overall, I think you want to be at that position. You want to give yourself as much flexibility as you can. And I get what you're saying that these some of these things are are maybe other ways at flexibility. I just I would rather them slow play Dustin Wolf here and let him come into training camp. See how give him an opportunity in training camp, of course. See how he does in the preseason. See what you can get from him. If he has to start the year in the American League, so be it. And and then when you can get him into games because you've got your American League franchise in Calgary, then you get him into games. And if you can get him nine or ten games next year, then I think that's a, a really interesting way to start. And maybe he's got seven or eight games and you're moving towards the trade deadline. You're like, okay, we think this guy's ready. Then then all of a sudden, then you can make that room. I just think, do it, in my opinion anyway, and, and I'm not saying that you're wrong if you disagree, whether it's you, Mike, or somebody else listening right now, because I know there's many who do disagree with me. But that's when I think you're a little bit more comfortable in creating the space and maybe you go down that road then or maybe next off season. I just wouldn't do it this off season, but that's just me. And uh, we'll see what they do. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. The funny thing, Pat, is I think we had the exact same conversation about Jacob Pelche at around, uh, at around uh, June or July of, of last year. And you know what? You ended up being right about that one and that Pelche uh, came up in February or March, and you know and he uh, wasn't. I would he say, was Mike. He wasn't ready. He did you know not what? earn a you're spot right. in he camp. Wasn't. Yeah, you're right. He wasn't. And, and you may, know what? and may, you know was, what, man? Maybe it is so clear that Wolf is ready come this camp. Then it becomes even easier to have the conversation, and you're looking to do something even earlier. I just yeah. wouldn't do it this summer. That that to me would feel like jumping the gun a little bit. But that's just me. Yeah, no, I think that's a very fair point to make, and I think it's a storyline to watch. Um, to me, you know, and I, and I think the the difference in opinion that we have is based on maybe a difference in thinking of what the stated goals of next season should be. Because to me, I think next season, regardless of what happens, is going to be another transitionary year. And I think, you know, they entered this season trying to equal or build off of what last year was, 2021-22, where they, you know, won their division and, made it to the second round and it didn't go their way. And I, you know, I find it hard to believe 
that next year is automatically going to be better just based on anything. The, the one thing that I, that I kind of take issue with and that I think a lot of fans take issue with is just, you know, not even not knowing who's in charge, but just the stated direction. And you see it sometimes with teams where they put out, you know, statements and they have, you know, they, they sort of have, they lead you along in a process. And it was a word that Tree used a lot when he first came to Calgary. It was process. And right now it's just hard to sort of discern what that process is. And I was talking to him kind of like tonight. If the Flames were to do that tomorrow, if they were to say, you know, this is the direction we're going to take for the next year, three years, five years, who would that statement even come from? Because it's going to come from Daryl? Because that would be strange if it was to come from the head coach. It doesn't feel like it would come from Tree. And then, you know, who, who have we even heard from above them? I mean, we haven't really heard from John Bean at all, and it's not going to be Murray. So it's just, you know, it's just a sort of a lack of, I think, cohesion from the top down that I, that I see. And, and you know what? I, I don't think it's, a, it's an unfixable problem. I think it's something that can be addressed very easily. It's just I think it's something, and that ties back to the point about Wolf. Are you going to treat next year as another all-in year, or are you going to treat it as a year where you can develop and you can bring in a coach who is, tailored to the individual strengths of your players and who is tailored to bringing back Jonathan Huberto's game to the point where he can be a star in future years. Cause I think that's going to be a process and the same goes with Nazem Kadri. And I don't think either of them are done yet. I just don't think it's a thing that's going to be fixed overnight. And I think that's a thing that's going to require a commitment. And so, you know, if you're trying to do that, well, you're also trying to win. I think that's going to be a little bit difficult, but if you treat next year as a year where, you know, you're just going to approach this where winning is maybe, you know, no, I don't want to say it's secondary, but it's just, you know, one of the outcomes. And I think that's something that would go a long way where the Flames say, we're going to treat this from this next year as development from the top down, where our top players have to be better. We don't want to necessarily say we're going to win no matter what. I and just, we and to, Mike, we got to start to wrap up. Yeah, sorry. I just, I, it's all right. It's all right. I just need, I just, no. Uh, I don't know if that's what's. I don't know if that's where the org's going to go. And to your nope, point, I don't think so. Yep. I have no idea, and I don't know who would. I, to answer your other question, yep. I don't know who would be that person to come out yep. and and make the statement. So, yep. uh, I appreciate it, buddy. Good stuff. As always, thank you. Thanks, Mike. Uh, let's do this. Flames win 3-1 over the San Jose Sharks. It's Steinberg with you on your Flames Talk postgame show. Phone lines are still open at 403-240-4444. If you want to jump in, uh, we will continue hearing from you on this Wednesday night, now Thursday morning. I think it's Thursday morning. Yeah, Wednesday to Thursday. Um, text line remains open at 960-960 as well. Uh, give us a call. Fire us a text right now. Let's hear from a gentleman who made his NHL debut. Uh, we just Talk to Mike about Dustin Wolf. Let's hear from him post game after 23 stops and a win in his NHL debut. Here's Dustin Wolf. So how'd that feel? Felt good. Um, you know, I thought maybe a little shaky in the first period, and um, you know, kind of settled down and not a lot of shots. So just tried to stay into it and you know, good third period. I was happy with that. What do you think when you're lying in bed tonight and you look back at tonight's game? What what, what are the things that are going to come to mind? Or I don't gonna, know if there's going to be, <laughs> yeah, probably not sleep, no, it's, uh, you know, it's rewarding, you know, you put the work in each and every day, and, um, you know, you dreamed about that as a kid, and to get that first, first game and first win, um, you know, feels really awesome, and obviously leaves you want more. Having been through both now, how does the NHL I mean, everybody's skilled out there, right, they're the best players in the world, and, um, you know, I think the American League's maybe a little bit easier, but, uh, 
you know, I think it was good for me to get a game here and go back down and hopefully go win a color cup. Fedora was saying that after their second one, when he came up to you and you were just like, yeah, no, that's not a Yeah, no, it's a uh, poor read by me not going to get that puck in the corner. And then, uh, you know, as soon as the guy was in front, he batted it in. So I was pretty confident that it was a goal. Granted, in the American League, that's probably counted. So it's <laughs> uh, very grateful for that. What was going through your mind in the third period when you guys were defending a lead? Yeah, I, mean, I was thinking of just trying to play my game. Um, you know, I felt more comfortable, and they were throwing some more pucks to the net. And um, you know, we did a good job of getting that lead, and you know, just being able to play with it. And you know, I think I was pretty confident out there. And um, you know, obviously rewarding for Z to get a hat trick and, and finish it off there. Helena was really talking you up this morning. What was that moment like at the end when you two were able to celebrate together? Yeah, he's an unbelievable person, and and obviously a great player as well. Um, you know, it was the heart of our team in Stockton last year, and you know, even just being in here for for one game, he's you know chatting everybody up and making sure everybody's spirits are not down. And um, you know, that's the type of person he is. He's always there to pick you up. And you know, obviously going back to uh, the American League now, that uh, he's going to be a very big piece for our group. I asked Matt how cool it was to go up for the rookie lap with the two of you, and he said, only thing next time is going to remember a couple pucks. <laughs> yeah, normally uh, I only knock one puck off, and he obviously didn't knock many more. So <laughs> I did a couple laps and uh, left him to it. So probably uh, me and Guy on my part. But cool you, moment for you as well. Yeah, so. it was obviously pretty awesome. You know, you come out and you see all the kids on the glass, and, um, you know, they're excited to see you. And obviously I was super excited to get on the ice for my first game. And, um I'm always super blessed for tonight. He was pretty happy you hit him with that tape-to-tape pass. On the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, there was one puck out there, so it was like, <laughs> I better not be the one to shoot it. So, um, no, I just tried to give him the puck. And, you know, he was incredible out there. I thought he made some awesome plays. He had a lot of good chances to bury, and, um, you know, it just didn't happen. But, you know, I think he's going to be a really awesome player in this organization. I know uh, you've heard it before, but in a full building at the NHL level, how cool are the Owls after the saves? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I know uh, there's not as many at uh, Wrangler games, but uh, you know, it was pretty awesome to see how emotionally invested they are to, to the Flames and obviously very thankful for, for them to come out and, and watch our, our last game here. And um, I was looking forward to next season. How can you allow yourself to sort of enjoy this for tonight? How quickly does the focus get back to kind of winning a championship? Right yeah, place? it's, uh, you know, we'll leave that to tomorrow, but, uh, you know, go back and try to get two wins in Abbotsford there and, um, you know, clinch up the first and hopefully get a bye. So it's uh, obviously really looking forward to it. We had a really good chance last year and came up just short. So we got another outstanding team and uh, hopefully looking to go far. Despite that excitement, like is it you just won your first NHL game and you know you won't get another chance at this level until October at least, like is that part hard for you? Yeah, I mean I think right now I'm just grateful to, to have that opportunity. Um, you know, Marky and Vladi were doing their thing and you know, I was doing mine and um, you know, obviously super excited to be able to get one in at the very end of the season. and. Um, Kind of keep my confidence up going into the playoffs and with the Wranglers, and it's uh, you know, it leaves you wanting more for for next year for sure.
That is Dustin Wolf. 23 stops in his NHL debut. That was pretty cool to see Dustin Wolf take the solo lap. Logo asked him about doing the, the solo lap with Coronado, which I've never seen before, but it was very neat. Awesome stuff from Dustin Wolf. We'll hear from uh, Matt Coronado very shortly as well. Text line remains open 969.60. Phone lines remain open at 403-240-4444 on this Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Uh, our Alberta made player of the game brought to you by Wild Rose Brewery in the pregame show was Jacob Pelche. Pelche was plus one tonight, 13 minutes and 52 seconds, two shots, three attempts, two hits, one giveaway, one block shot, and two for three in the faceoff dot. That was Jacob Pelche's night in game 82. Okay. Continue calling, continue texting. Lots more to get to as we're coming at you on our Flames Talk postgame show, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. For all things basement visit dlbasementsystems.com. Okay, back inside the Flames locker room we go following a 3-1 Flames win over the San Jose Sharks to wrap up the season. Matt Coronado, four shots, six attempts in his NHL debut. Let's hear from your number three star tonight. Let's hear from Matt Coronado post-game inside the Flames locker room. So, how did it feel out there? Uh, it felt great. It was a lot of fun. Um, the guys made it fun. Um, playing with, with Pelts and Nas was awesome. Um, just hard to put into words but uh, I, was, I definitely had a great time out there how close were you to deflecting that one I feel like you're pretty close i don't know no i mean i'm glad i didn't it went it was a pretty good shot and uh z was pretty happy about it so uh i'm glad i did what did you notice uh, in terms of differences in the style and level of play for NCAA compared to first NHL? i think everyone's a lot stronger um and everyone's a lot smarter too like guys are in really good spots um Puck battles, everyone's harder. Um, I think, you know, it's just, it's kind of tough to, to tell right now. I just kind of got to, I'm going to watch it over probably, and then I'll probably notice more. What does this do for you moving forward? I think it's great to get the first one, and um, I think it took me a, a couple shifts to get comfortable maybe. I, I almost fell on my first <laughs> one when I got the puck. Um, so I think it's it's good to kind of get comfortable and maybe for some confidence moving forward. How, How did cool you feel about to, Oh, go ahead. How cool was it to share the rookie lap with uh, with Dustin and go out there by yourselves for a couple? It was really cool. Uh, he played a great game. Well, he was unbelievable. It was great to get out there with him. Uh, we actually forgot to uh, knock the pucks off the bench, though. <laughs> so we were skating around there with three pucks chasing him down. Besides that, it was great. Did, did you expect that pass would work from Wolf Creek? I was kind of hoping he was going to give it to me, otherwise I, I wasn't going to have a pop. <laughs> silly. He put it right on my tape. It's a nice play. Was there, was there a moment that was like, holy, excellent, I'm, I'm here, like whether it's lying maybe against a guy like Carlson or something that, that holy smokes, I'm here now? I think the the rookie lap was pretty cool. Um, just The guys uh, obviously took my helmet um, when I was out there, which was, which was funny, but... I think that was like the moment for me. How did you feel uh, playing at that speed? I know you were worried about how you were going to adjust to the speed of the NHL level. What was it like trying to play up to that tempo? Well, I think it's my first game. I, I had a ton of energy, um, and I was kind of really hyped up and ready to go. So I feel like I was just kind of working my hardest and, and not really trying to think about that. Did it feel like you were a couple inches from your first NHL goal? You had a couple chances up there. 
Paul set me up for one through the legs. Unbelievable play. Um, you know, he made a nice save. It's, it's uh, you know, just working hard and see what happens. But it was it was a great play by him. Now that you got one in your belt, how do you feel the last couple of weeks helped you get ready for tonight? Definitely helped a ton. Um, being here, being around everyone, skating with everyone. Um, I think I, I feel way better right now than, than I probably did when I first got here. So uh, credit to all the guys and the staff for, for helping me uh, get adjusted. There was a going back to school to finish off the semester or anything? What's the plan? I'm going to go back to school probably this weekend. Yeah, um, you know, hang out with, with those guys. It'll be fun. Matt, I know it's just one, but do you leave here with a sense that you can play in this league, like you belong at this level? You know, it's it's tough to say after after one game. I'm, I mean, I'm not gonna gonna say that. I think it's important to be confident, but um, you know, it's just like I said. I I really kind of can't remember everything that went on in the game. <laughs> There's so much adrenaline, so uh, gotta watch it over and, and see. Sorry to make you remember again, but uh, there was at one point a moment where you're having a net front battle with uh, Henry. What was that like? I honestly didn't. You don't remember. remember. <laughs> I mean, I remember some that front battles. I don't remember it being Henry. Um, he said, I think he he said something to me after one whistle. It it was really cool to be out there with him too. What uh, what type of advice do you get on the bench from your coaches or teammates in NHL debut? Nas was great. He was talking me through a lot. Same with Pelts. Um, I think it was really really great experience for me to get to be next to Nas on the bench the whole game and and hear from. Uh, veteran and a leader like him, um, uh, I think it, it definitely helped me a lot, and it, and it kind of helped me settle down. What uh, what was his advice? Let me tell you, just just little things like where to be in certain spots, and uh, you know, being comfortable. Like guys telling me to, to shoot the puck and stuff like that. Just it's uh, it's the little things that that go a long way. There you go. That is Matt Coronado postgame following his NHL debut in a Flames 3-1 victory. Okay, back to the text line we go. We've gone inside the Flames locker room a few times, heard from Daryl Sutter, Matt Coronado. We heard from Dustin Wolf and Nikita Zadorov. Of course, Kirk Muller joined us live here in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge, and we heard live from Jacob Pelche as well. Comprehensive postgame coverage, 82 times plus seven preseason games all year here on your Flames Talk post game show. It's Steinberg along with you on the text line now at 960 960. Uh, let's start from Kim, who says, first off, big thank you, Pat, for your hard work, dedication, patience, and uh, great sense of humor. Also, thanks to all the listeners for ruining my sleep schedule on game night. It seems I can't help but to stay awake to either sometimes texting in, but mostly listening to everyone's takes. Flames postgame shows and Flames talker must listen. It was great to see Wolf, Coronado, and Pelche play. Zadorov's interview after his hat trick was a lot of fun to listen to. It's safe to say there will be changes this offseason. Let's just hope they are positive changes that we'll see the Flames having success for years to come and not just for next season. When is locker cleanout for the Flames? It'll be interesting to hear what the players have to say. That comes from Kim. Uh, the answer to that question is Friday is locker cleanout day. Uh, this reads from Brad. 
Uh, just thank you to Pat and the rest of the Flames Talk team for providing awesome content through throughout the season uh, and love the podcast format as well. As for tonight's game, if Coronado plays with the same drive he did tonight, I can see him pushing for a roster spot next year. I see the team keeping Sutter and giving this core group of players one more go at it before a bulk of their contracts expire. If it goes south, deal for assets at the deadline. Lots to discuss this offseason. Have a good summer that comes from from Brad. Uh, this reads from Neil. Um, Pat, is Matthew Phillips a UFA? I don't see any chance he sticks with the org if Sutter remains. When you do nothing but excel in any job without being given a path for career prog- progression, those are really deflating working conditions and it's time to move on. Is this the next Marty San Luis story for the Flames? It's from Neil. I don't know about that, but I do think a couple of things. Number one, I think that, yeah, there's a decent chance that Matty Phillips moves on. Now, I don't think it's 100% just because he is a Calgary kid and I think there is still a draw there. But the other thing is if he does move on, I I think it's going to be one of the more frustrating things for me and one of my more frustrating gripes with this season that he only played two games and in those two games he played like a combined 16 minutes. How the hell can you know what a guy is in the NHL who's a pending unrestricted free agent, five foot six and however many pounds or not, without actually giving him some time? That that one is, is going to stick with me. I think that was a missed opportunity for them. Um, and that, I, I, think that the, I think that they... There is a bit of a misstep, in my opinion, there, not seeing Matthew Phillips play a little bit more than he did. I think there could have been times when you could have put him in for more games, and, and even in the games he played, I think he could have played a little bit more as well. So that uh, that, that is going to be one that is a, a little frustrating uh, when this season comes to an end, especially if he does leave as an unrestricted free agent, which he will be. Um this says, here's my thoughts on the GM coach situation. What if Brad moved into the role of president of Hockey Ops, Conroy became GM, and Daryl stays as coach? Is it is that crazy, or will there be big shakeups? I don't know if it's crazy or not. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think that's what's going to happen. And my guess is... One of Brad or Daryl won't be back, and, 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 and I don't know that for sure either, but that's just my gut feel is that one of those two are not back next year. Uh, this from TJ in Strathmore. Uh, sorry, Pat, but I have to rant. It only took half the season to introduce a pulse into this team, and despite Wolf, Coronado, and Pelche, there is zero sense of enthusiasm from the lackluster veteran leadership group to get players like Wolf his first win against a comparable San Jose Sharks club who had a chance the whole night. Every team is in it when playing Calgary. Lucic, nice penalty, not a fight, but a puck in the third tier. Sutter, was that the deal? If you play three kids, you get your Lucic in the lineup? Veteran players mirror Sutter, dull, no energy, full of excuses, and occasionally have a one-liner both on and off the ice. Look forward to the playoffs. 16 teams who earned it. The best part is good, fast hockey with breakouts, effective line combinations, and power plays. Sorry, the Flames were predictable tonight. Insignificant breadbasket shots and bury your head and hope it goes in. Zadorov, congrats on the hat trick, but too little, way too late in the offseason. Expect a few players uh, to get one more on you for. Um, that comes from a very up upset TJ in Strathmore. Um, This reads from Dylan and Revy. Man, Uyghur's been so good lately. The second last guy I'd trade. Turns out... um the uh, power forward right wing they've always needed was Zadorov. That comes from Dylan in Revy. Yeah, there's been a couple of, hey, they should trade 
Mackenzie Weger. I don't quite understand that one. Um, this from Nat. Remember how the Flames performed before Sutter was hired? Letting him go is a huge mistake. I think the players need to suck it up and play the system. They need another season to adjust. Even though Sutter made some questionable choices with the lineup, I still think they need to give him another year to turn this team around. I think ownership needs to allow the GM to have more control in running the team. I hope True Living remains GM. This from Ethan in High River. Pat, thanks for a great season as always. This year was a lot of things, including frustrating, surprising, and incredibly disappointing. This team was a, has a two- to three-year window. I never saw it as a win-now team. Playoff team, yeah, but I guess not. I hope we can keep most of this team together as I feel they can figure it out and be a big success. My biggest regrets of this season is that in a wasted year, they barely developed any of their young talent and surely lost Phillips in the process. That I will blame on an old coach. Hopefully the players and coach can get past their differences. Uh, this from Ryan and Mackenzie Lake. Tonight was a lot of fun. I took my mom to the game and we had a blast. We're looking forward to next year. On another note, Flames hockey wouldn't be the same without you, Pat. Uh, thank you, Ryan. I appreciate that. Uh, I really do, um, and I'm glad that uh, you. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed the game tonight. Um, this stuff uh, from Sheila in section 121. Can we get a howl for the wolf? He was great tonight. Uh, loved Coronado as well. I. I loved the howling in the stands every time he made the, the a big stop or a stop, and it slowly picked up steam um, as the game went along. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool to, to hear all the ahoos uh, every time Dustin Wolf made a stop, and I, I loved the way that it just kept on um, getting larger and larger, louder and louder as the year went along. Uh, this from Justin in Calgary. It's crazy that so many are calling for Sutter's head when clearly the problem is Treliving. We've now had Bennett, Gaudreau, and Kachuk all want out under the current GM, which is unacceptable. Treliving should have lost his job last summer prior to the two eight-year and one-year uh, year and one seven-year contract contracts he handed out that all look like they'll doom us going into the future this team has a lot of good players but this is a league full of great superstar players which they just don't have it's time for a change and a retool and as a diehard flames fan i really hope true living does not get extended that's from justin in calgary um this from Shala in Calgary. Great shows all year. Time for the youth quake. Trade Markstrom and Huberto and uh, start with a new coach and GM. Great relaxed energy in the Dome tonight. May the Flames have better puck luck next year. This reads, the Flames need to pick up a goal scorer that is finished five on five and on the power play. With Kadri and Huberto's big contract, that might be hard. They should try and trade Markstrom to open some money up. Go Vladar and Wolf next season. Worst case, they have another year like this year. Use next year to prep the young kids give them a lot of playing time with the big club. They bring a lot of energy. Let Lucic, Lewis, Richie all go. Don't re-sign them. They're getting slower, need to get younger, and build for the next two to three years. You can't just build year by year. Um, what else we got here at 960, 960? You know what? That, uh, that'll get us uh, through the text line on this Thursday morning, Wednesday night. There's another text from an old friend I can't read. Not because it's who it's from, but more of the content. But the answer to that question is, uh, yes, you have heard right. Uh, 960-960, always on the text line. Now back to the phone lines. 403-240-4444 as the Flames take a 3-1 win over San Jose to wrap up the regular season. Uh, it's Pat Steinberg with you on your Flames Talk post-game show. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Tony is with us. What's going on, Tony? Tony. Hey, Pat. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? 
I'm not bad. Um, yeah, uh, wasn't a great season, that's for sure. Can't be any worse next year, I'm, I'm thinking. You know, um, I think Pat uh, got to get rid of Brad before he makes any more mistakes. I think you're going to have to get rid of Sutter too. And I believe in the soft season for this team to have a, I think a, a two to three year window, they have to sign Lindholm. That, that's the game breaker right there. But you have to have, you know, people can say what they want. I, I really believe Lindholm's the number one center, one of the best two way centers in the league. And without him, you're stuck with Kadri. You know, and Backlund, and Backlund's getting up there in age, and Codger's not a real number one centerman. I don't think he can handle that. Um, yeah, so, uh, and you know, if you could sign Lindholm, those other guys, you can see what happens there and um, see what kind of assets you can get if you're, you know, if you're thinking that you're not going to, they're not going to sign, right? But, I mean, uh, I really believe Lindholm is the key there. Without him, we're, we're in big trouble for the next four or five years. I'll tell you right now. And and you have to either if he doesn't want to sign, you can't make the same mistake they did with Goodrow and Kachuk. If he doesn't want to play here and they offer a contract didn't sign, you have to trade him this summer. You're never gonna get a guy back like Lindholm. You're not. It's just other teams are gonna give up to Lindholm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a it's a tough spot because again, I think it's really um uncertain as to whether or not you know, there's a desire for Lindholm to be back, um, and I'm not saying he doesn't, but I just I, I think it's fair to say that right now the the feel is yeah we don't know if there's a desire uh, or a huge desire for him to come back, and so knowing that you would be risking going into next year with a guy that could be walking at the end of the year. So I think, to your point, you have got to be very, very aggressive in trying to re-sign him this offseason. And if you can, great. If you can't, then I think you got to be okay with trading him. Even if you even if you don't win that trade, for a guy at that age, I think you have to be okay with moving him and maybe even this summer. Yeah, I know. I hate to see him go because I'm like, like do you think Kadri can – Handle the first line. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not suggesting it's ideal, man. I just, what if he, what if he doesn't want to sign? Yeah, that's what I mean. If he doesn't want to sign, man, we're not going to be a very good team. That's why I said you, you need to get a GM that can talk to the ownership here and say, listen, it's okay to re, you know, retool, rebuild. That's part of uh, becoming a better team. You got to try to convince these guys. You know, I, you're, you're probably. How right do you know that hasn't happened? Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they didn't convince them, but I mean, like I said, here's uh, what I know. Here's what I know, Tony. When Matthew, when Johnny Gaudreau bounced, and then Matthew Kachuk a week later said, "Yeah, I'm going to bounce at the end of this year. He should probably trade me." I absolutely believe that those conversations were had in earnest behind closed doors. Yeah, you know, it's uh, like I said. I was one of the first to say this team was way better and. They're going to make the playoffs. I was completely wrong, but you know this team. We all were. Right. I was right there with you. Yeah, but like, I think I think the problem is with Sutter. We can I know we keep getting rid of coaches, but the problem is the players don't play for for your coach. What are you going to give rid of all the players? You're not. You got Hubert signed for eight years. Cards you for another six. 
Like, if they don't like Sutter, it is what it is. You, you got to get rid of Sutter, man. If if it comes down to that, yeah, I agree. You know, but I mean, like I said, hopefully next year they do better, Pat. And like I said, I'm just crossing my fingers they somehow get Lindholm to sign. Like I'm just really because I think if you got your, you know, Lindholm there, you can still make some trades, maybe even Hannafin to try to get a sniper and maybe get a, you know, put some youth in the lineup and go from there, you know. But uh, we'll see what happens, man. And uh, I like to say also, Pat, you did an amazing job. I love talking to you after the games. It's great. But we don't always agree on everything, but uh, it's a great time, and uh, you do an amazing job, brother. Tony, it's awesome to have you part of the family, my friend. You have a great summer, and we'll talk soon, brother. Okay, buddy. Appreciate it. Let's uh, continue right along as the Flames wrap up their season with a 3-1 victory over the San Jose Sharks. Anand is up next. What's up, Anand? Good evening, Pat. How are you? I'm good. You should be in bed. It's almost 1.30. Yeah, I just tuned in to chat with you. I'm uh, almost heading to bed, yeah. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah, so I was at the Dome tonight. Great win for our boys. I was so happy. It's my birthday, technically, tomorrow on Friday. So it was a great win happy that we birthday. came up with. How, how, old, how old are you turning? Uh, 22. All right. Happy birthday. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was great to see uh, Matt Cor- uh, Coronato, Jacob Pelchia, and even Dustin Bull, how they played so greatly and put them win. And surprisingly, Adam, uh, sorry, uh, Nikita Zadorov as well how well they played. My one question to you just would be where uh, where did like the energy and the win or the motivation that we needed uh, from the Flames disappear like at the beginning of the season and why are we only seeing it now? Maybe that would be my question. Oh man, I wish I knew. I uh, I, I honestly don't know why. I, I, I don't have an answer for you. It's, a, it's the million dollar question, but I, I don't know. I, I, I wish I knew. Yeah, I'll read. yeah, that sounds fair. Yeah, I had also sent in a text on 960, so if you uh, get read through, you can skip it through since I already chatted with you on the phone. Again, Pat, it was uh, great knowing you over the uh, like last three games and wishing you all the best and talk to you next season. Anand, uh, awesome to have you part of the uh, part of the crew, buddy. You have yourself a great night. Thanks for the call. Thanks for, uh, even though you, you joined late this year, thanks for being with us. Great stuff, man. Yeah, great, uh, great chatting with you. Have a good night. Take care. You too, pal. Uh, let's uh, say hello to Robert post-game. What's up, Robert? Morning, Pat. How we doing? Uh, how are you, my friend? My friend, my friend for life. Absolutely. Patty. Those kids, Coronado, Wolf, Belgium. I choose hope in the love of God that we bring up these kids, teach them the right things, put them in the situation to succeed, not to fail, develop them like Nashville, Detroit used to do in the old days. I, I hope to God we do that to these kids. I really do, because I'm fearful of this. And I'm even, I'm even here in some media, Patty. Not you, personally, comparing these kids to some players. To, please, stop it all. Let these kids develop, grow. 
in an atmosphere so they can succeed, not fail. They're young men. I hope they do that. Patty, before I say a few good words about you, you and uh, Lou and, and Wilsey, Patty, did you hear Sutter tonight? You know, Patty, I don't have to sell any cup rings. I've always said I watch a lot of hockey. I'm quite educated about the game of hockey. I love the game of hockey. It's a passion. I really love this game. Did you hear Sutter what he said tonight? 45 home, 48 away. We had 48, 48, 96, we're in the playoffs. Mr. Sutter, if Winnipeg gets a point, 96 points, doesn't get you in. If you lost, I know my math good too, Patty. I hate these ludicrous statements. Yes, 96 points. But if Winnipeg gets a point tomorrow, we still line the playoffs. You know, Patty, I really thought tonight Sutter, even though I knew it wasn't going to happen, he would have said, yeah, it was a tough season, a lot of things to go wrong, but I had my part in it. No, never, never, Patty, never accountable, never took a bit of dignity to say, I got it wrong too. In some, no, 45 and 48, 48, 48, 90. Anyway, let's stop it there. You know what I'm trying to say. Buddy, this season, F. You know, I'm trying to, I noticed a few po- positive things, Patty, like Dube had a good year, we got a good back. But, Patty, when you get an F, I don't want to hear about positives. Patty, we're not in the playoffs. Teams like Seattle, Minnesota, Winnipeg, made the, and I'm, I'm trying to be. We're not in the playoffs, Patty. We're not in the playoffs. I said I'd be in here, Patty. I wanted to be wrong again, but I was right again. I hate being right. I hate being right. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bragging. Patty, we're not in the playoffs. April 17th, we're not in the playoffs. I can't get over that. The worst, most disappointing season. And you know what, Patty, what hurts even the most? How far away we are from a Stanley Cup contender. Even if everything goes right, we're nowhere close to being an elite team. If everything goes right in the next two years, we're not even close. That's the frustration. Death Valley. We're going to be Death Valley another four, five, six, seven years. Honestly, Patty, so discouraged, so disappointed not to make the playoffs. I cannot get over it. Winnipeg, Minnesota, the Kraken. Patty, help me. Help uh, me, Patty. I feel you. You feel me, Patty. Yeah. You can't help me. I, I wish I could help you, but that's all I got for you. Patty, you see some of these roster of these teams? Patty, never mind us being a Stanley Cup contender. There's teams like, like LA, they got a good farm, a lot of pride, Arizona. It's not that we're going to be a contender. Even the teams who are completely worse than us are catching up to us. Anyway, Patty, I want to say goodbye to you, but, but I got to make this comment, Patty. 
Murray Edwards, because he's the culprit, baby. Patty, it starts from him. It starts from him. And everything. But I got to say it to Edwards, even though he's not even needed us a little. But I have to get it off my chest. Murray Edwards, I don't think you love hockey. I don't think you like the Flames. The Flames to you are a little toy. Yes, you spend through the cap, but you make a profit. You know why I know that for sure, even though I'm assuming? Because you've never spoken publicly. You have never given a directive to this hockey team. You never said, I want to make money, but I want to win. You, nobody ever, ever seen you. You don't love hockey. You don't like this hockey club. Number two, because if you did, you would not did, let this happen under your ownership. You want to make money? That's fine. But tell us. You want to build a winner? Give us a plan. Give us a blueprint. Give us your intention. You don't love hockey. You don't love this team. You're like the stock market of flames. You want to make money. Yes, you spend to the cap, but you make a profit. Come out. Say to us. Be public. Let us know. No, you're not. Because you will not, you will not let this happen if you love hockey and you love our hockey club and you love our jersey. You don't. It's just money. Business. Before I go, Patty... Louisville, Wilsey, thank you. We don't agree all the time, but the respect's mutual. Guarantee you. You, Patty, I can say a million words. I remember when you first started. I remember when I fought you that first battle of Monk Champagne, and I handed to you a shanks, and Rob Kerr was sitting beside you. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I remember that. It was a pleasure. You came a long way. You keep improving. You make it fun. You make it interesting. You're educated. You listen to both sides. You'll always be family. I want to say hi to the boys. Daniel, Evan, George, Parsons, all of them. We're all family. We all got one thing. We love our hockey. We're Canadian. We love our game. We like our, our jersey. We like our flames. We just wish we had an owner who have the same beliefs. Yes, it's okay to make money. But we deserve much better. We really do. And Mary Edwards, before I go, all the athletes I give to Pat Steinberg, to Lou, you should be proud of having these people representing your organization because you never have. And the fans, the fans will always be there. You, nobody will remember you 20 years, Mr. Edwards. No, I'm not going to call you Mr. Edwards. Murray Edwards, you don't deserve to be. I'll, I'll leave you with this, Murray Edwards. You have all the money, all the billions. You don't take that with you. You cannot buy a Stanley Cup. You have to build a team to win the Stanley Cup, 16 games. You have to build that. You have to put people in the proper, in power, give them to build a team. You're not going to buy a cup. You're not worthy to put your name on the Stanley Cup because you haven't shown us the fans, the organization, the people who work for you, the people who represent like Patty, 
Lou, you're never giving them any satisfaction. You don't deserve to be your name in the Stanley Cup, and you will never win. With a different ownership, maybe we will. But in your time, Edwards, remember that. Thank you, Patty. Family for life, friend for life. Thanks for everything you do. I really, truly love you. You're a great young man, and it was a pleasure to know you, know you and all the boys, the callers, Lubo, Wilsey, Maddie, Logan, everyone. I, I met them all, and you them all. Thank you, because you are a lot to me. Thank you very much, and have a good night, Patty. Thank you, Robert. Appreciate it, as always, my friend. Great to hear from you. Uh, needed to get a Robert call in there before the uh, before the season ended, of course, uh, as we continue to roll along. It's Steinberg with you on this Wednesday night into Thursday morning following a season-ending 3-1 Flames win over the San Jose Sharks. few more calls before we wrap things up. Evan, up next. What's up, Evan? Patrick. It's a, it's a tough call to uh, to follow up on. Well, I figured uh, if there's anybody who's going to follow Robert, you know the man well. So we'll just go that right to That was a good emotional call. The call he had the other day was, uh, he said it perfectly. I, I felt his frustration. I've been feeling uh, the, his frustration for a very, very, very long time, and I echo his his comments about a lot of things. Um, an important thing I think we need to uh, take into consideration, although I'm excited about some of the a little bit of some of the youth movement that we've seen the last uh, couple of days. It's important. Um, let's make sure we're being patient, like Robert says. I'm advocating for Dustin Wolf, who's shown a great deal in the AHL. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. Congratulations on, a, on an important victory today. Uh, NHL debut, that's, that's not a small that's not a small feat. I agree with you. Let's be calm, be relaxed. You can go into next season with the existing tandem that you possibly have or that you have right now, and we'll take a wait-and-see approach. I don't think it's a bad thing for this organization to take, to take their time with Dustin Wolf. Um, an extra season or at least starting off a season in the AHL, now that they're based in Calgary, I think is really important. You can have your trainers, you can have your management, your coaching staff, you can have an organization keeping a close watch on on uh, on the talent, and then go from there. Overripen a little bit. Um, get used to the uh, to the to the performance uh, to the expectations. I know a lot of fans are advocating for him just to be you know brought up here right away here, but let's forget here. You know, if you lose a couple of games, as a, you know, as a backup, in the and the team starts not performing very well, and the fan base starts turning on you. It can break a young goaltender's confidence very quickly, very quickly. We all saw what happened with uh, Jacob Markstrom this year, and he's a veteran. He's been around a long time, played a lot of games, and been through a lot of adversity. Uh, ad- adversity. Yeah. But, you know, people were not happy with him, and that is echoed around town on in the media. So that's, that's not easy. I mean, David Wolf, uh, Dustin Wolf is 21, uh, and then when was the last time the actual organization was able to draft and develop a player that had played a meaningful amount of games? The only thing I can think of about myself is Yoni Fortio. That was, what, uh, seven, eight years ago? 
Uh, in terms of like uh, a lot of them, I mean, More yeah, Ordeo cool. would probably be it. Um, that was like 2010? 2014. 14, 15, or maybe 15, 16, somewhere in that range. I think we got drafted, sorry. Yeah. Trying to think if there's been anybody else. Like Leland Irving played a few games, but not a ton because um, Kiprasov was here. Um, yeah, there hasn't been a lot. Has not been yeah. a lot. I mean, Tyler Parsons never played. Uh, so, yeah, there have not been a lot of young goalies. So, just well, you know, one of these things where just, you know, take our time. Because there's going to be some off-season change. I don't know what's going to happen with uh, the coaching staff across the board or management. But, you know, you don't need to be, you know, bringing in a lot of uh, a young goalie who's shown a lot of promise. I don't want to take anything away from him into turmoil or just have a change upon change upon change. And, you know, let's just be real. We don't have the greatest track record here, so take your time and then kind of go from there. Um, and then if, you know, someone faults uh, to start the season, then maybe you can make a decision. But I, I like advocating what Robert said. I, I'm a big believer in, in players spending some good time in the minors, uh, getting hungry for the big show, and and then just having more of a, a little more of a youth movement, a youth, a youth movement with some experience, with some where some of the little mistakes aren't uh, amplified. So, disappointing season, like uh, like a lot of callers said, it's good, it's good to end on a, on, uh, on a happy note. We'll see what the offseason brings. Uh, I know we've discussed about a lot of changes that might be coming down the, the pipeline. And hopefully we can kind of have a blueprint as to where this team's going to go uh, in the next couple of years. And let's try and stick with that blueprint. Yeah. And... You know, uh, a lot of people deserve it. So, yeah, like, I think you and I are roughly the same age. I think you're an 84 baby. I'm an 84 baby. Yep. And, you know, we're not old, but we're not young either. And fans uh, our age have really not really seen a whole lot in our lifetime from the Flames, other than uh, a little bit of a fluke run in 2004 and, you know, a little sprinkle here and sprinkle there. I know a lot of people talk about the 80s and things along those lines. But, you know, guys like you and I were like four years old. So, yep. you know, it's uh, for those fans that are, you know, in their 20s and 30s and things like that, you know, we, we deserve to see something. And it's been a long time. So let's look at what, what the other organizations and other ownership groups are doing right and see if we can try and emulate that to some extent here. Because what we've been doing has not been playing off, paying off very well. Yep. I'll uh, let you go. I know it's all right, Ev. Uh, for you all at the uh, station, thank you so much, and we'll, uh, we'll talk again soon. Yeah, we'll talk soon, brother. Be in touch, eh? Likewise. You take care. Okay, Ev. Uh, two more calls before we wrap it all up on this season-ending edition of Flames Talk. Don is up next. What's up, Don? Hey, Patty. Big Don here. Big Don. <laughs> Stamp season's around the corner. Oh, man, I know. And listen, i got to give you kudos for that the great jotting on the uh, CFL website. Love it, man. You know, oh, it's it's one of my favorite things to do. When I, I look at your, when I look at your name, Patty, right away I know we're going to get some good Calgary stuff there. And that's great. 
So uh, what I'm going to say is, you know, if I had as much enthusiasm for the Flames as Robert does, like I have for the Stampeders, I think it would be, you know. But you know what? It's It's been a frustrating year, and it's it's just been – you know, when we had a little bit of promise, and you know that was fine, and then we dropped down a bit, and it was up and down. It was up and down like a ball. And you know, I wish I could feel a lot better about it. Now I'm going to say this much right now: that I listened to a podcast by Eric Francis, who said that there's going to be massive changes with the team. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, there's, yes, there's going to be changes. But I'm sorry, but for the past nine years, I can have not been a huge fan of Brad Trilliving. I just haven't. I haven't got excited uh, about Brad. But there's a guy that's been with the organization 13 years, and that's Craig Conroy. And I think he's, he's lived and died with this team. And I think that uh, we ought to give Craig a a real shot. Uh, do you, do you think the same or I I uh if if it turns out that they do make a change to general manager and, and Tree decides to move on or the organization decides they're going to move on, I I think Craig Conroy absolutely deserves a a, a very yeah. long look. Like if it were me, if they're gonna make a change, he'd probably well he would be he'd be my front runner. He's he's been at it for you know more than a decade now. He yeah. has touched everything that goes into it. He's done contracts. He's done scouting. He's uh, done uh, undrafted college guys. He's done the draft. He's done pro scouting. Like. What hasn't he done? And and I just think, you know, there's probably would be a, a slightly different philosophy from one guy to another guy just because that's how it goes. Every human's got slightly different philosophies. I don't sure. think that, you know, I, I don't think that um, it's a situation where he'd be, you know, because he also doesn't have a contract for next year. Um, I don't think it's a situation oh, where – Donnie, nobody's got a contract for next year except Daryl Sutter. None of the coaches, none of the AGMs, yeah. none of the GMs. Okay. Like, I don't think Connie would want to be campaigning to get the job while Brad's still here by any mean, no. by any stretch of the imagination. No. And I would never want to no. to portray it like that. But if if they were to go in a different direction, or if Brad and and let's not let's not mince words here. I think at least. Fifty percent of this is on, and, and at least, and if not more than half of it, falls on on what Brad wants to do. Is he ready to move on? Does he want to stick around, or is he ready to walk away and maybe take on a new challenge? Yeah. But yeah, whatever happens, if that vacancy is there, I think Craig Conroy should be one of the leading candidates. Absolutely. Yeah, I've said that for a long time, and uh, you know, I, I sincerely hope that if that happens, that he's given a chance and. And, hey, what can I say? I mean, it's easy to to crap on the coach. It, it's like any sports team. It's easy to crap on the coach. So I'm not going to do that. Uh, I think that it's got to start right at the very top. You know what never comes up, Pat, is when you're looking at, at, the, at the young people that you're looking at down in the juniors and whatever, it's the scouting staff. Do you... <laughs> You know, how often do we bring them up with the scouting staff that's there? And I know that uh, uh, some some people I know have brought up Todd Button's name 
that they hadn't been very happy with some of the, uh, you know, some of the players that perhaps uh, Todd has, has looked at. But, you know, I don't know. It's easy. You know, put it this way. I'm glad that I can talk to you tonight on the very last game. And I know I don't call in very often. But you know what? It's an absolute pleasure when I get to talk to you. And when I got to shake your paw there that time at the Deerfoot, that was a pleasure too. And, you know, like I say, it's great just to to hear to hear your voice and to see what it is. And, you know, but I, I have a hard time when I look online and see people talking about next year and next year and next year. I don't know how many more years you can keep looking at for this team. Uh, there's two, there's two words, Pat, that come up con- consistently. And even I've used them. One of them is mediocrity and the other is, is complacency. And I think there's been a lot of those two words uh, in the last number of years. And we, the team can't go, go that route much longer. You know what I'm saying? I, I do think a direction in the near future would be really, really good to have, without question. And and I get, yeah, yeah. I, I understand the frustration for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? As I said, I'm not going to keep you much longer. I, <laughs> I need to get some rest here. And and you talk about guys in your 40s. Say, I'm in my 70s, pal. And <laughs> hey, 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 hey. 30s, 30s still. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, hey, I, you know, like I say, I've been around a long time, and I, I love sports, and you know how I love the Stampeders. But, I, hey, I love the Flames, too. But now I get a chance to love the Wranglers. And I watched uh, the game against the Gulls where uh, Phillips got two goals. He was running around like Connor Bedard was in that game that we had here at the, at the Dome. And I watched Phillips, and I thought, man, you know, this guy, this kid's really got it. So, hey, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm really gonna put my hopes for the Wranglers. Is there any possibility we might get any Wranglers games on the tube? On the television, I don't think no. so. Uh, on this station, though, on radio, maybe. Yes, I, yeah, I, I know you've, you've had. Uh, uh, the young lady, apparently, she does the play-by-play, doesn't she? Yeah, Sandra. Yeah, Sandra. Yeah. And I, <laughs> it would be nice if we were able to get some games on the two because, you know, a lot of people are saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to cheer for the Wranglers, and, and uh, they got a good club, and that's, uh, I'm happy for them. So, anyways, Pat, I'm going to finally get some sleep, and I really, really – do appreciate listening to you. I do appreciate to the work you've done, to the commitment you have to your job. Uh, it's been fantastic. So, hey, uh, I'll leave it off with Go Stamps. How's that? I like it. Go Stamps, big year ahead, transitional year, new quarterback. Yeah. Go Stamps, good stuff, Don. Good to hear from you, okay, brother. Okay, take care, buddy. Bye-bye. Get some sleep. And that will wrap us up on this final edition of the Flames Talk postgame show as uh, we start to move towards the finish. First of all, as we start to wrap things up, I want to say, first and foremost, thank you to all of our callers, regular, first-time, semi-regular, 
whenever. Thank you for the thank you to the callers, uh, and I want to thank our texters as well. Uh, regular, semi-regular, first time, whatever. Thank you for being a part of it via text. And if you just listen, you don't call, you don't text, you don't interact. Thank you very much. If you're a regular live listener or Flames Talk podcast listener, we do thank you. Uh, and and honestly, just for me uh, and and doing Flames Talk now for the last couple of seasons. From the bottom of my heart, I appreciate whether you're listening, whether you're interacting, whether you're calling, whether you're texting, if you're listening in the afternoon, if you're listening post-game, if you consume everything, if you only consume once in a while, doesn't matter. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to do. Uh, we start to wrap things up with our final summary. Uh, the Sharks open the scoring in this game, 82, with Noah Greger making it one nothing in the first period. His ninth of the season from Radom Shimak at 10-26, and the Sharks led one nothing after 20 minutes of play. But the Flames tie it in the second period on Nikita Zadorov's 12th of the year. Zadorov makes it 1-1 from Andrew Manchapani and Michael Backlund. That came at 13-36 in the middle frame. We had a 1-1 tie after 40 minutes of play. Third period, Flames score twice. And look who got him. Zadorov and Zadorov again. I believe, doing my research, it's the first ever natural hat trick by a defenseman. Uh, Nikita Zadorov doing that. He scores his 13th as the eventual game winner at 4.01 of the third period. Zadorov from Mackenzie Weger and Nazem Kadri to make it 2-1. Then he seals it into an empty net with an unassisted goal to complete the hat trick at 19 minutes. That made it 3-1, gets us to our final score. So first defenseman in Flames history to ever record a natural hat trick and just the sixth defenseman in Flames history to record a hat-trick, period. He joins the uh, most recent gentleman to do that in Dougie Hamilton, who did it in February of 2018. Also Al McInnes, Dana Merzen, Paul Reinhardt, and Barry Gibbs. Now Nikita Zadorov, the uh, sixth defenseman in Flames franchise history to record a hat-trick in a game, and that would make it 3-1, which would end up being your final score. Final shots, 49-24 in favor of the Flames. Calgary 0-for-1 on the power play tonight. San Jose goes 0-for-2 with the man advantage. Your three stars, number three, Matt Coronado in his NHL debut. Number two, Dustin Wolf in his NHL debut. And no doubt about it, Nikita Zadorov with your hat-trick is the uh, number one star this evening. With the win, Calgary finishes their season at 38-27-17. and 17. As for San Jose, they dropped to 22-43-16, and 16, and they wrap their season up Thursday in Edmonton. That is your final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight, and more importantly, uh, this season. I'll go through the list. So for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Peter Labardius, another season in the books with the broadcast duo, and a pleasure to work with those two uh, every single game, 82 games plus preseason this year. Too bad no playoffs, but a pleasure to work with those two gentlemen on this broadcast team uh, our on-site engineer the best in the biz we call him the real deal for a reason the real deal Tim Khalil uh, nobody produces a game from the booth better than that guy in pro sports to make it sound the way he does on radio, nobody does it better. Thank you to Timmy, our uh, on-site engineers, uh, helping from a technical side all year. Jeff Mason, Evan Cody, Randy Opperman, and Matt Jacusco. Uh, you guys make sure that if anything technical goes wrong, that we stay on the air and uh, our mics still work and our processors still work and our hot stove still works and our, every, our boards still work. 
you guys have done incredible work all year. So thanks to uh, our four engineers. Uh, thanks to Azam Nanji, uh, our outstanding producer for most of these games all year long. Staying up late, like till 3 a.m. on Monday with us. Uh, getting up three hours later like he's going to do again on Thursday. Thank you to Azam and thanks to Garrett Vanderplug, who's also been with us uh, producing Flames Talk and our post-game and Flames games all year. And, of course, to Logan Gordon and Matty Rose, our two reporters for games as well uh, we can't put flames radio together we can't put this flames talk post game show together if it aren't for uh, if it's not for all those people all I do is flap my gums so uh, thank you to those people all of those uh, wonderful human beings for uh, making sure flames radio and our flames talk post game can come to you like it does every single night we're available on Apple Spotify Google Amazon or wherever you get your podcasts and we've been coming at you from the Doug Lacey's basement systems hot stove lounge all year long they're your local experts for basement water Proofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. For all things basementy, visit dlbasementsystems.com. The Flames are done. Next up for them is Locker Cleanout Day on Friday. We'll have full coverage for you on Sportsnet 960 and on your Flames Talk podcast. Have a wonderful summer. Flames Talk still coming at you in the afternoon. Don't forget about that. Go get uh, get it wherever you get your podcast because Flames Talk still coming at you hot and heavy through April, May, into June. Draft, offseason. Flames Talk ain't going anywhere, but our Flames Talk postgame will start to uh, wrap up for the year. Your final score in Game 82 and Game 41 at the Scotiabank Saddledome. The Flames win 3-1 over the San Jose Sharks. This has been your Flames Talk postgame game show available wherever you get your podcasts and this has been for the final time this season alpine credits flames hockey on sportsnet 960 the fan this is cfac 960 am calgary alberta canada a rogers sports and media radio station flames radio is only on sportsnet 960 the fan thanks for listening sportsnet.ca slash 960 has games and times for the next flames radio broadcast this is a copyright broadcast no retransmission streaming recording or copying of the broadcast in any way is allowed without the permission of the calgary flames hockey club and sportsnet 960. Calgary's home for the Flames and the National Hockey League is Sportsnet 960 The Fan.